Ezekiel Elliott's Cabo trip cause him to slip tonight? Can former overall Pros versus Joes champ Mike Beers regain his title? Or will 2017 $250,000 Football Guys champs Michael App and Justin Smiley rule the day? Follow along with the live draft board tonight. Listen to our analysis as we call the action from the 2019 FFPC Pros versus Joes. I must break you league number five to see who's going to win a 2020 FFPC main event team. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hours starts now. Everybody, if you got what it takes, because I'm your reps and I'm on the mic and premieres. On the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master rhymer, that's the behind a video Top of the evening to you, Rob. Thank you so much. Greetings and salutations to all of the Balkaholics and Gerzakinetics hanging out, listening in tonight. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak. Coming up uh, tonight, we have the fifth of six Extra special bonus episodes for you. It is the FFPC Pros versus Joes. I must break you league number five draft tonight, and we will be covering it for two full hours. You can follow the live draft board. I posted it in the Blog Talk Radio chat room. It's also posted on the social channels for myself, for the HSFF Hour, and for the FFPC, both on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can connect with us on Twitter at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. If you guys uh, have any questions, you can either post it in there. You can tweet at us or go on Facebook.com slash HSFF Hour or give us a call, 347-426-3682, 347-GAME-OBA. You can also email the show at the inbox, football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, get them in throughout the broadcast tonight. We'll try to get to all of the tweets, questions, and emails in the uh, fantasy feedback segment. Well, I guess we won't have fantasy feedback tonight because it's sort of like a whole fantasy feedback segment as we're going to be getting through some tweets and phone calls throughout the evening tonight. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, uh, busy tonight, as well as our audio engineer and best friend Bryce. Uh, running things to make sure that this broadcast goes super smooth. Uh, as a reminder, over at MyFFPC.com, there's a ton of best ball leagues, classic leagues, dynasties, super flexes, all the way from $35 up to $5,000. The FFPC has a league for every budget. We just sent out the early draft slot announcement on Sunday. Uh, the next early draft slot announcement is coming on August 15th. So if you pay off those FFPC main event teams by August 13th, you'll find out where you draft coming up on the 15th. All right. Let's get into the action here tonight. Here's the uh, rundown as far as who is picking where. From the Quant Edge, it's Todd Burroughs at number one. Uh, Dave Sciotto and Frank Renner uh, picking second tonight. PlayerProfiler.com's Matt Kelly is going to be selecting third. The, I alluded to it earlier. The 
the team MC overall champs, Michael Epp and Justin Smiley, are in the cleanup spot tonight, followed by the 2017 overall pros versus Joe's champ, Mike Beers from Rotoviz. He is uh, fifth. Former guest of the show, Adam Krautwurst. He and his co-manager, Nate Wegman, are drafting sixth. DynastyFootballFactory.com's Jeremy Brown at seven. Dan Williamson, the FFPC Joe at eight. From Big Guy Fantasy Sports, it is Bob Lung at nine. John Gifford, who you just heard on these airwaves uh, this past Friday, he's picking 10. Uh, four for 4.com's Peter Overzet uh, is at the 11th spot. And then Richard Lowe picking at 12 tonight. So good luck to all those gentlemen. And let's slip into the action, shall we? Dave, do you have an issue in the uh, studio tonight, or are we all good? We're good. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. You looked a little a little put out. No, this is radio, so if I look like something, well, I just want to broadcast I'm literally going to broadcast it because I feel like this is what makes good radio here. It's, I'm going to pick my name. Right, yeah, you can. Nobody's going to see that. Do you like running back, Dave? Are you a fan of the position? Yeah, they're pretty good. You are going to love the first five picks tonight. All running backs here as Todd Burroughs goes totally off map. I haven't seen it yet this season, and now I can say I have. It wasn't Barkley. It wasn't McCaffrey. It was David Johnson, the running back from Arizona, going at the 101 tonight with Saquon Barkley going to Shioto and Renner at two. Christian McCaffrey is the podfather. Matt Kelly's selection here at the 103, followed by Alvin Kamara to Aft and Smiley at the four. Ezekiel Elliott does slip a little bit, I guess, you know, based on his FFPC ADP uh, over the last three days. He's been going on average at the 103. He falls to the 105 tonight. I'm sure David Johnson had a little bit to do with that. But Mike Beers from Rotoviz takes him there. Tight end, uh, the first tight end is off the board to Krautwurst and Wegman at six. It is Travis Kelsey. We've been seeing Kelsey a lot at the 106 in these pros versus Joe's drafts. A trio of receivers next, DeAndre Hopkins to Jeremy Brown from uh, DFF. Julio Jones, Dan Williamson after that, followed by Packers receiver Devontae Adams uh, to big guy fantasy sports Bob Lung. Le'Veon Bell off the board at 10. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster to Peter Overzet at 11. And then Tyreek Hill, the final pick of the first round here is Tyreek Hill goes to Richard Lowe to start his team off. Okay, so a few things to unpack. Let's talk about the, um, the big news, the headline of the first round, and that's Todd Burroughs from the Quan Edge, at Todd from PA on Twitter, uh, going with David Johnson at the 101. Dave, I don't think you would do that. However, can you make the case of why David Johnson is, is still should be considered at the 101 tonight with the likes of Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, and everybody else still out there? Well, if I'm making the case, I would say that you get a 400-point year uh, in 2017. 17, yeah. 17, yeah, it was yeah. 17. Oh, whatever. Yeah, 400-point year. Uh, you've got Cliff Kingsbury uh, running shoot, running gun, whatever the hell you want to call it, air raid offense. And uh, he's going to be getting a, a decent amount of carries. They're probably not very packed up box. He's a talented back. And they're going to be running a lot more offensive plays in the entire season. So, um, yeah, I Yes, last year almost everything went wrong with David Johnson. He finished as RB9. So Yeah, yep. I think that's what people forget about, too. You know, you feel like you might have got burned on him last year a little bit. But quite frankly, with his offense is, is as bad as it was last year, to still have him finish as the ninth-best running back in an FFPC format, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I think we might hear from Todd coming up at some point in the broadcast tonight, so we'll definitely have to ask him about that. All right, so Ezekiel Elliott uh, falls to five tonight, Dave. We know he went to Cabo to quote-unquote train, which is apparently what he did um, when he was, you know, kind of sorting out his uh, standing with the NFL uh, from from a couple of years ago. Um, does this concern you at all, the, the fact that we're 
you know, at, um, you know, this point in the season, this point in training camp, and he's uh, not inside the country. I guess August 6th is sort of the magic date for that because that's when he loses his accrued year towards free agency. So, it would be funny if he got arrested, like, in throwing, like, a Mexican person. Oh, man. <laughs> Goes, like, ASAP Rocky on somebody down there, and he's like, right. up. You know, I mean, you never know. I mean, he, he did he, assault somebody in Vegas. Yeah, he did. And you look at his total jerk doing it, too. You know, he really didn't look like a very good person. So, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. He's getting he's, – He's moving up the flake scale. He's going like, to like third-level flake scale. Who is higher on the flake scale, Antonio Brown or Ezekiel Elliott? They're both tied. And Le'Veon Bell or Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, I think Bell. I think Bell's kind of like three and a half right now. He's moving down a little bit. And and I but think he is, he is a kind of he is a weird guy. Well, and did you see what he posted on his Instagram? I think it was today, apologizing to fantasy football fans uh, for for who drafted him last year and then he didn't report. No, oh, that's cool. Um, that's actually. Now, it is interesting, Dave, but I will say this. Le'Veon Bell said this year is going to be a totally different story. However, last year, Bell publicly said 2018 is going to be maybe the biggest year I've ever had. And <laughs> well, he put up zeros everywhere. He thought something else would happen. Yeah, yeah clearly. Um, what do you make of uh, – well, no, I'm not going to talk to you about that because uh, I asked you about that last night, and you refused to pick a child here, uh, one of your children, J.J. Yeah, so I'm not going to ask you. Well, you refused to answer it last night, so clearly I'm not going to bring it up tonight. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, there you go. We have a huge, uh, yeah, decent-sized running back round. It, it's um, back-to-back rounds where we have a run of five straight running backs. We'll get to that right now. Odell Beckham leads things off with Richard Lowe. He goes receiver-receiver to start things off. I think a lot of people are going to be going receiver-receiver from the 12th spot this year. Uh, George Kittle off the board to Peter Overzet uh, as the number two tight end off the board. So that's interesting as Kittle goes before Ertz tonight. Overzet taking him as his starting tight end. Uh, John Gifford goes with uh, what was the uh, backfield for the Steelers in 2017 with Bell and James Conner, and he gets James Conner here to go with Le'Veon Bell uh, at the 203. That is the beginning of the running back run as Dalvin Cook goes to Bob Lung, uh, Joe Mixon to Dan Williamson, uh, Nick Chubb to Jeremy Brown, and then Todd Gurley going off the board to Krautwurst and Wegman, the FFPC Joes tonight at the 207. So it goes Connor, Cook, Nixon, Chubb, Gurley. You think the 207 is too early for Todd Gurley? No, not if you Do you believe in him? Would you be taking him in the mid-second based on what we know now? Uh, I'm probably still avoiding Gurley, okay. just in general. Oh, really? So like third third round, too, you're kind of well, you know, finding I mean, somebody else. I mean, I guess if, if you're going to take him in the mid-second round, you'd probably take him in the mid-third, right? But if you're not going to take him in the mid-second round, why are you take him in the early third? I mean, either you kind of, in my opinion, either you kind of like him or you don't. If he's a, if it's a player, if he fell to like the fifth round or something, that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's a really early pick to be, to, you know, to be parsing. Messing with. around with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's players, like if I don't like him, and normally they go in the fifth or sixth round, like let's say Mike Williams, I don't really normally draft him. But if he's around in the eighth round, I would just look at it as like a pure ADP play. Like I mean, maybe I'm probably wrong here or whatever. I'll just grab him. Right. Yeah. Well, you could be. And, and I think there is something to be said to that. Um, I do the same thing. I will draft certain players that I don't like if they're uh, out there at, at what I view. What, what was the line from Django and Chain? If, if they're out there at a ridiculous position, then I will uh, then I will take it. And then you say, well, Balky, what would you consider a ridiculous position? And then I tell you, well, I'd say, you know, Mike Williams in the eighth round. Okay. Um, this was ridiculous to me. Michael Thomas falling, falling, falling. Normally goes with the 201 in FFPC best balls over the last three days, and Mike Beers uh, gets him uh, at the 208 tonight, Dave. 
and pairs him with Ezekiel Elliott. So he's uh, getting going for the all holdouts. Right, right, yeah. Well, you know who's still out there for uh, – oh, no, he's not still out there. Forget it. Uh, Michael <laughs> Thomas goes at the 208 to Mike Pierce. He's crappy, the crappier players don't usually get drafted later in, in, in uh, fantasy football. That's, that's true. But there is, some, there is something to be said. Like, you know, I think most people I've talked to uh, in, in fantasy circles believe that an Elliott deal is going to get done. I haven't heard anybody – high-stakes players express any kind of doubt that Thomas is going to miss a significant part of the season. Now, maybe he will. I'm just saying that as far as what we know right now, um, I haven't heard anybody express that. So this could really work out. The Beers, getting Elliott at the 5, getting Thomas at the 208, I, I think there might be something there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Zach Ertz is the third tight end off the board tonight to Afton Smiley. They pair uh, Alvin Kamara with the tight end from Philly. Melvin Gordon, speaking of holdouts, goes to Matt Kelly here at the 210, followed by Damian Williams, who actually missed some practice time this week. We'll keep an eye on that. But Damian Williams, the Shioto and Renner, with the penultimate pick of the second round. And then Mike Evans, the final selection of the second round here tonight for the FFPC Pros versus Joe's League number 5. I must break you. Evans goes to Todd Burroughs. Um, Mike Evans is a player that we haven't talked a ton about when we talk Tampa. When we talk the Bucks offense on this show, a few names come up. It's Arians, it's Godwin, it's Barber Jones. How do you handle that? O.J. Howard we've talked a lot about. Mike Evans, Dave, do you think he just puts up similar numbers to, to, to what he's been doing, or does he actually put up even bigger numbers in 2019, knowing you have the, the mad passer in, in Bruce Arians running the show down there in Florida? You know, seven, I think you definitely do have some upside. There's a chance that he's going to get more targets, more catches, more touchdowns. There's some downside, too. If Godwin really emerges, O.J. Howard emerges, you know, Evans could be, you know, could maybe maybe do a little bit worse. There, you know, he does have some downside. And anytime, anytime, anytime you have change, there's always a possibility. Things don't know what's and that's a good point. You know, um, the more things um, uh, stay the same, sometimes they change. Totally butchered that, but I butchered it for the purposes <laughs> of the point I was trying to make. There. Uh, indeed. I was told there would be no math. Antonio Brown going at the 301 to Todd Burroughs as we kick off the third round of action here tonight. So David Johnson, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. Nice little start there for Todd Burroughs from the QuantEdge.com. Keenan Allen at the 302 tonight to Shioto and Renner. Do you think, Dave, as, as we look at this Melvin Gordon holdout, and I think if there's any holdout I'm taking seriously, it's Gordon's. How could this affect Keenan Allen and the Chargers going forward? Could, could he stand to, um, you know, really outperform this two-three turn position if, if the Chargers go crazy through the air? Because the, the best running back they have, in my opinion, after Gordon is Austin Eckler, who's a skilled pass catcher. So they could be passing the ball all over the place, and I know Keenan Allen loves his targets. You know, I don't really think that that's going to make a huge impact necessarily. I mean, I feel like they're just going to run their offense and they'll try and make do with Gordon out around. That's my opinion. Is there um, is, is, is Eckler and, and Justin Jackson, are they the obvious beneficiaries of, of Gordon's absence, or is there somebody else there that, that you think, not necessarily a running back, but a, a guy who could see his fantasy production go up a little bit if Gordon, in fact, does not report and is not playing for the Chargers in 2019? Um, no one I can think about. Okay, maybe, that's fine. That's Hunter Henry a little bit? Okay. I, I was just curious if, if anybody stood out to you. Other than the running backs. Other than the running backs, yeah. Carrion Johnson, speaking of running backs, it's the third running back drafted by Matt Kelly here at the 303 tonight. McCaffrey, Gordon, and Carrion, my wayward son, Johnson. And that is your Chris Berman reference of the night. Leonard Fournette, 
304 to Afton Smiley as their number two running back behind Kamara, and then also going with Ertz on that squad. T.Y. Hilton slipping right in the middle of drafts now, man. It's, it, was, it was a good little run that we had of T.Y. Hilton on the turn. Not going to happen anymore. <laughs> what's, what's the news that came out there? There's no reason, right? Um, I, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Um, you know, uh, Jack Doyle's been looking good, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But you want to call it the course of Jack Doyle, like, you know, 24 hours ago? Uh, did I call him the corpse? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's not old. He's, so he's, some just, sort of he's just been battered. Negatory. Yeah, he had the hip issue, the kidney issue. It's just, you know. Got a bad name. You don't like the name Jack Doyle? No. For a tight end, I think it works. Yeah. I mean, I, I would not want, you know, like, and with the first overall pick, the uh, Buffalo Bills will let quarterback Jack Doyle. I would not like that. <laughs> that does not have a good ring to it. Receiver, I don't think it works either. And it for sure doesn't work at running back. I think it works at tight end. I think it works on offensive line. Aaron Jones, the number two running back, Selected by Krautwurst and Wegman. Jones goes off the board at the 306 tonight to go with Todd Gurley. And then we get a receiver run here in the third round. It is Adam Thielen to Jeremy Brown. It is Mari Cooper to Dan Williamson. Julian Edelman off the board to Bob Lung. Followed by uh, Stephon Diggs to John Gifford here as his first receiver drafted. Brandon Cooks to Overzet as the uh, 311 tonight to go with Juju Smith-Schuster as his two receivers. And then Marlon Mack at the 312. Richard Lowe. The first two rounds are interesting in that there's 17 running backs that have gone three tight ends, and doing my math, that'd be 16 wide receivers. It's actually a pretty balanced draft. Very balanced. For a best ball league. And you, you can see uh, pick seven through 12, they almost all, they all have two wide receivers, actually. That's amazing. I, um, After three rounds, they all have. And, so we have like five, six, seven of the, some of the teams have two receivers. I want to ask you a philosophical question. You can answer this in one of two ways. One. What, Sorry, I missed team time. Sorry, Gifford. Yeah. Um, should we talk about John Gifford, by the way, what he brought to the, the no, table on Friday? Okay, all right. We'll talk about John Gifford in, in a second. But um, the philosophical question that you can answer in one of two ways, Dave, either what you would do, what you have seen, or what you think, um, what, what you've seen players do, I guess. Um, dual flex with the FFPC. Uh, for the uninitiated, Fantasy Football Players Championship format is one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense, and then two flexes. Um, when you have this format where you can start four running backs, where you can start four receivers, and where the tight ends get one and a half points per catch, uh, I feel like, and we've said this on, the, on this program for, for years and years, there are a zillion different ways to not only build a starting lineup, but to build a, a team. And if you look at the back, a short story you're asking a I didn't know if you were busy, so I, I wanted to make I, sure I, I'm I giving you time. time. Okay. Well, I know. I just wanted to make sure you could answer on time. When you look at the fact that we know that and you see the balance, do you think that that format encourages this type of balance earlier on where we see oftentimes running backs and receivers split, where we might see running backs dominate other formats or receivers dominate other formats? In my opinion, it should be that way, but a lot of players – will take the fact that you can start four running backs and it will just pile running backs uh, with reckless abandon. And I, I don't feel that that is necessarily the correct strategy. Um, however, if six people do that and you're not taking running backs early, you have a problem. The nice thing about the format is that you're able to adjust mid-draft or, you know, the first round, second round, third round, wherever. You can usually adjust your strategy on the fly as, yeah. many, as need be. And it can, you know, a lot of times it can work out. So if, and that, that's one thing that's not good, if you're right, so if you take like three straight running backs, and there's another running back that you really like that's available with your fourth or fifth back. Well, now, not that you paint yourself in the corner, it's just tougher to do that. You, kind of, you want to be taking some other position. 
so that's why, you know, you're starting with some balance early on, it helps you out later in my opinion. It, it kind of handcuffs you uh, later on. If, if you are loaded up at one position, there is a certain, I don't want to say desperation, but you're compelled to, to really attack a certain position when you might miss out on some value then. Um, speaking of value, uh, Shane P. Hallam in the chat room uh, chiming in saying that he actually would have taken on Johnson in second. He loves him some on Johnson this year, given how much he thinks Detroit is going to be running the football. Kind of happen to agree with that. And I think on Johnson is going to catch passes this year, too, especially with the release of Theo Riddick. Um, they're going to give him all he can handle there in Detroit. The last thing I wanted to ask you, and feel free to skip over this, Dave, as far as the third round goes, because you know, we've done this as our fifth broadcast now, and I can't remember exactly who we've talked about. Did I talk and, and ask you about which Vikings receiver you prefer between Thielen and Diggs? Um. I don't know if you did or not. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you that right now, Dave. If, you, if you're locked in on a Vikings receiver here in the third, you have your choice of either one. Which one are you taking? Are you taking Thielen or are you taking Diggs? I generally lean towards Thielen just because he's a little bit higher volume, more, highly more targeted guy. So I think I would lean that way just because he's on the higher floor. Um, for best ball format, does it change at all with, with Diggs being the quote-unquote more explosive player? For me, it doesn't. Some people it might. Okay. I, don't, I don't mind that. Do you want to know where FFPC drafters are taking them right now? Sure, late third. As wide receiver, no, 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 as far as receivers off the board. Wide receiver 13 and wide receiver 14. Yeah. Back to back right now. And right now, Thielen is winning uh, uh, over the last uh, three days. 310 for him, 401 for Stephon Diggs. That is where we're falling in on that right now. Um, moving on to the fourth round here. Walking boots be damned. Richard Lowe takes Derrick Henry at the 401 to kick things off. Peter Overs at hates the running back position, and he is going with D.J. Moore as his number three receiver here at the 402. Dangerous, dangerous receiver core. We'll see what he does for running backs as he builds that in. Josh Jacobs off the board at the 403 tonight to John Gifford. And the thing I wanted to bring up with, um, John Gifford has an ice cream business um, that, w- that was started on the, um, the eastern seaboard, Dave. And uh, he, he broke news that uh, on Friday night we had him on as a guest um, they are now the official ice cream of the New England football Patriots, and they are developing a special Patriots flavor, which we are all on pins and needles, not only to hear what it is, but to try it, no question. And there may be a chance that uh, he might be bringing some ice cream to the FFPC main event this year, and Dr. Kurt Kikis, who drafted last week, might be bringing some fine Italian wine. It is going to be a great night. Yeah, yeah, ice cream. I plan on Friday night to be so messed up and so drunk that I'm just going to be mixing them together. It's oh, going to be great. Be very proud. Yes, uh, dumping wine into the ice cream. It's going to be the greatest party Vegas has ever seen uh, and ever will see. Devontae Freeman off the board to Bob Long at the 404, followed by O.J. Howard. Once again, the fourth tight end taken in this draft. He goes off the board at the 405 with Dan Williamson. Robert Woods is the third receiver drafted by Jeremy Brown from Dynasty Football Factory here in the fourth round. Chris Godwin the number one receiver for Krautwurst and Wegman. Wow, that's interesting. We'll get to that in a second. Evan Engram, tight end number five to Mike Beers. Kenny Galladay to Apton Smiley here in the uh, fourth round. That is the 409 pick. Tyler Lockett, the number one receiver for the Seahawks. Also the number one receiver for the Podfather. Matt Kelly takes him at the 410 tonight, followed by Philip Lindsay to Shioto and Renner, the FFPC Joes, and then Hunter Henry wrapping things up here in the fourth round. And he goes off the board at the 412 to the Quant Edges, Todd Burroughs. Uh, he takes Hunter Henry. Okay, so let's uh, attack this here a little bit. Um, Chris Godwin is the number one receiver. Now, I shouldn't really talk too much because I be- – no, I, I will talk. 
because I did have a draft earlier this season um, where I thought Godwin was my number one. He's my number two. I don't know if I feel super comfy about Chris Godwin as my number one. I guess you can do a lot worse when you're not taking a receiver until the fourth round. This gets into the whole draft philosophy question, Dave, and I think sort of since the best ball was invented in, you know, the late 1800s, people have always been uh, sort of letting receivers fall by the wayside and then collecting them uh, as, as it uh, hits the middle rounds, uh, the, I guess the early to middle rounds, uh, relying on big plays to, to sort of uh, help them, help get them through uh, different weeks. Is that a strategy that you like to employ when you're drafting a, a best ball format? Like, let's, we'll use the FFPC as an example where you try to get a tight end early, maybe pound out some elite three-down running backs, and then start packing the receivers later on? Uh, in this particular instance with Crowder's team, if I had drafted, let's just say I drafted Kelsey and Gurley, I would have then started getting receivers in the third round and got there in the fourth. So I, I don't, again, you can do whatever you want. He's just going to be a little bit, a little weaker wide receiver. The Aaron Jones pick, I mean, if you like Aaron Jones, that's fine. I would have probably just done, let's say I took Thielen and then got one. I just feel a little better off the team construction. Because you've already invested a huge draft capital in Kelsey. And you have Gurley be your anchor RB1. I, you, I kind of would be punting RB2 and then be hitting receivers up here in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. Uh, two Packer in the uh, chat room, the uh, official mascot of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour in the Vikings receiver discussion. He says it's Diggs, it's always Diggs. And then he also wants to remind everybody the Two Packer public service announcement Kenny Galladay is not a wide receiver one. Uh, he is a wide receiver one for Afton Smiley, but they didn't take him to the fourth round. So that is where we uh, stand on that. I don't think any other picks necessarily are standing out for me here. I do want to go into the chat room, and uh, Shane P. Hallam wants to know, Theo Riddick is, a, is uh, deciding between signing with the Saints or the Broncos. Do either of those landing spots, Dave, make him fantasy relevant for you if he was to be joining the Saints backfield or if he was going to be joining the backfield in Denver? You know what? I'm, I was thinking about Theo Riddick. Um, to me, maybe um, – the player that just got cut from the line, right? That is correct. So I think he's just like a death signing. He could very well get signed by the Broncos or the Saints. And I think people are like bringing up, they're looking at the theoretic of the pass. And granted, he's really good, really maybe great pass catching back. He may not really end up with much of a role. Maybe he'll be, maybe he's getting signed as a kick returner or something. And maybe he gets cut in the final cuts. I mean, I can't be too concerned about theoretic getting signed by either of those two teams. Can I, uh, run this by you too. I don't think this is something we've talked about. Evan Engram for the Giants, he's Mike Beers' starting tight end in this format at the, um, at the 408 tonight. And, you, you, you know, you look at what's happened to these Giants receivers. Now, granted, Sterling Shepard isn't out for the season. Golden Tate isn't out for the season. Um, but if I can paint this picture for you, what if Daniel Jones does get on the field early? Do you think that Evan Engram is the type of tight end that, or the type, excuse me, the type of pass catcher that Daniel Jones should just get eyes for and just lock on because it's convenient for him. Uh, these short passes, and Evan Engram could actually have a big blow-up season in the FFPC by grabbing a ton of catches this year. From Daniel Jones? From Daniel Jones, yeah. I'd be very concerned if I want Evan Engram and Daniel Jones as my quarterback. So that, I, would, I would not be liking to see that happen. As much as I think you like blows, I would not <laughs> see Daniel Jones behind the helmet. All right, to that end, uh, how concerned would you be if you – invested a top three pick into Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones is starting games in early October for the Giants? Well, you know, I would have some concern. Barkley is something that needs talent, but I just feel like he, he does somewhat transcend that because he did really well against eight in the box last year. He's going to face it again this year. Uh, so I, and he had, I think he had the most 25-yard runs in the yeah. NFL. Last. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a great football player. But I mean, you, you kind of do see it, though, in drafts. 
a lot of times in PPR leagues and SFPC, Barkley does not go to number one. He went number two. I've seen him go three and four sometimes. And that's pretty much strictly due, I believe, to the Giants' offense possibly just being awful. Um, we had a, um, a blitz to mania, by the way, Jeremy Roach, in the uh, in, in the chat room saying, is Diggs is greater than Thielen? And then he says, agree, Tupac. Apparently that's two Packers. Like, Tupac is short for a two-packer, apparently. Which I didn't realize, but um, we'll we'll see what happens there. Dave, who's your favorite Henry drafted in this fourth round here, Hunter or Garrett? Which one in this format would you rather have on your team this year? Throw the teams out the window. Which guy are you more likely to draft if you were drafting in the tight end premium format, Derrick Henry or Hunter Henry? I actually like Hunter Henry quite a bit. I don't dislike Derrick Henry. I actually think that the whole walking boot thing is not a huge deal. It's you know, what do we got? Forty-one days until the season or something like that. God, is it that far away? I thought it was closer, but maybe you're right. Yeah, I mean, for the Sunday draft, it's like in that neighborhood. Okay. Something like that. 31 days of August, it's the end of, you know, so 32, 33, plus 7. Plus. Yeah. Um, I was told there would be no math. Sorry. Uh, I would probably take care of Henry. He was going okay. to play earlier. But I, I like Hunter Henry quite a bit. Okay. Both, both good uh, moving on to the fifth round here tonight, Calvin Ridley is the third wideout drafted by Todd Burroughs. He goes at the 501 tonight. The quarterbacks have been cracked, and they are cracked by Shioto and Renner, taking Patrick Mahomes at the 502. Is the fifth. So if if you're in, we'll throw in tight end premium out of this, like really any fantasy draft, like with a similar format, it, it, are you striking with Patrick Mahomes in the fifth round? Is that the sweet spot for you, Dave, or are you still stacking backs receivers or maybe a tight end there? You know, it's it is kind of an interesting question because the fifth round it's getting a little bit later for Mahomes. I just you know the whole regression of the mean thing does kind of make sense in that it just seems highly. Highly unlikely that he does quite as well as last year. I mean, he did absolutely kill it. I and mean, if he does, if he even if it's 10% worse than last year, a fifth round pick on Mahomes is actually a really good pick. I have to start kicking it around. If it was like the late fifth round, I, like, for example, well, we haven't talked about some of the players we've taken. If I was like a 5'10, yeah. 5'11, there's a receiver that went in the sixth that I would take. But other than that, once we get past that guy, I'd probably be starting to look at Mahomes. Okay, interesting. Uh, FFPC best ball drafters over the last three days have been taking him at the 309 on average. So, really good value there for Shioto and Renner, if you look like that. Yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson is the second receiver drafted by uh, Matt Kelly here at the 503. Uh, he pairs Tyler Lockett and Allen Robinson together as his starting two receivers. <laughs> In the same vein that Apton Smiley did with the very next pick, they get Mike Williams to go with Kenny Galladay. Kenyon Drake, the alleged backup in Miami, goes off the board to Mike Beers from Rotoviz. You can obviously gauge how Mike Beers feels about that situation, going by what he did at the 505 tonight, grabbing Kenyon Drake. Mark Ingram, I think, um, you know, probably one of our favorite fifth round picks so far uh, in best ball leagues. Uh, in the FFPC this season, Dave, he goes to Krautwurst and Wegman here at the 506, followed by Chris Carson, the second running back drafted by Jeremy Brown from Dynasty Football Factory. Uh, receiver, mini receiver run here, Tyler Boyd to Dan Williamson, Cooper Cup to Bob Long, Alshon Jeffrey uh, to John Gifford, and then Christian Kirk to Peter Overzet as his one, two, three, four receiver. Uh, and then Jared Cook is going to go off the board with the final pick of the fifth round here. That is tight end seven for him, the first tight end drafted by the FFPC, Joe Richard Lowe. I like Richard Lowe's team, and he, he went receiver-receiver right away. He hasn't attacked the position since then. Uh, Hill and Beckham, if, if you were to go with two elite receivers like that, is this a similar strategy that, that, that you think a player should employ as is attacking the running back position, maybe getting a tight end, and then worrying about receiver a few rounds later than you normally would, given that you only have to start two, Dave? Uh, personally, I would 
not be doing it that way, but I mean, I don't, if he wants to go that route, that's fine. I, I, would, I would keep getting the receivers and keep the receiver down. Keep the, keep I, I'd probably play splatter running backs throughout my draft at that point. Uh, all right. Well, let's have this caller splatter our eardrums here as we're going to go to the 3-3-0. And uh, who are we talking to on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight? What's up, guys? Bob Long, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. How you doing? Doing well, man. Always good to hear from you in this competition every single year. Bob, have you? Uh, I don't know what you paid attention to as, as far as the other drafts have gone, but when you compare tonight's draft to, to the other uh, pros versus Joe's drafts that are already completed, how does this one compare? How's this one going for you based on what you thought you were going to see? Well, you know me. I'm all about consistency. So uh, yeah, I obviously went after the consistent guys, and I'm trying to build a consistent core and you know, being at the nine spot, you're kind of at the turn, but you're also kind of a little bit closer in the middle. Uh, so <clears throat> I, I did take one flyer after taking my first uh, three wide receivers in Devontae Adams, Julian Edelman, and Cooper Cup, and I took A.J. Green in round six to uh, be my fourth receiver, and I'm um, hoping for a quick, healthy return, and he'll be uh, helping my team, uh, you know, catch up there, you know, or really help them down the, down the stretch. So uh, I thought at that point I really couldn't pass him up. Um, you only need to start two receivers. Yeah, you have two flex, but even as my fourth, I figure I'm, I'm in pretty good shape, and I'll, I'll grab some other guys later to fill, in, fill around that. Bob, you are a veteran of this event. You've drafted many a team in this. Is there a point that I don't want to say you throw consistency out the window because I know you never do. Totally. Right. But do you get to a point in this draft where you start taking, I know you just mentioned A.J. Green, but taking flyers, right. you know, guys that could outperform their draft spot to, to really give you a big advantage in this league? Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you're drafting best ball, and especially as deep of the league as this, uh, where we go, what, 26, 28 rounds, right? Um, and so, you know, when you've got that deep of a league, you've got to take flyers. You've got to take guys to your like. You know what, if this guy has five huge games for me, that could be enough to get me through some bye weeks or get me through a, you know, a week against a tough veteran, uh, you know, a tough competition. So, yeah, you have to take flyers. I mean, you know, but I also want to get my consistent core. So when I went after, you know, Dalvin Cook, who's 75% consistent, you know, even though he's not that healthy, when he is healthy, he's 75% consistent. Julian Edelman, 92% last year. Devontae Adams, 100%. Cooper Cup, 75%. So I want that core that I can rely on to hold the floor up higher. And then if some of those, one of those flyers that I grab in the later rounds jump in and, and have a you know monster week and score 30 points, um, that's, that's okay. If they outscored Cooper cup that week, who only had quote 15, uh, you know, that's what you, that's what you want to do. But to me, my strategy is always to have a much higher floor to hold the team up in a week where maybe those, those flyers don't come through for me and have their off weeks that I can still, you know, continue to, to build, uh, you know, a good core team. So, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a much different strategy. You know, these are the best of the best, um, you know, best experts. And, you know, you can call these guys Joes all you want, but these guys win some big money in some of these things, and some of these are champions. And, you know, this is a, this is a whole different scenario. This is a whole different uh, strategy, a whole different league than just a – quote, typical expert draft or, or a local league draft. You, you've got to be on your toes. Bob Long from BigGuyFantasySports.com joining the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight here as he is drafting from the nine spot in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's League number five. Let's talk about A.J. Green here uh, briefly as you, are, uh, you get him at the 6.04 tonight. Realistically speaking, as, as you make him your selection there, 
when, when, you, when you ran it through in your mind, what, what week do you envision him coming back and, and sort of being A.J. Green again? I mean, I'm really not expecting him back to October. I mean, that's you're looking at probably week five, week six, um, even maybe middle of October. And I know six to eight weeks from now puts him in, you know, mid-September. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I'm not, again, because of that spot, I had my three core receivers I really could count on. I felt like, you know what, even if I don't get A.J. Green back 100% until the end of October, you know, that's fine, you know, because I, 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 I'm going to need him down the stretch. And if he even comes back to 80% of A.J. Green, that's still better than a lot of the receivers in this league. So um, it's it's a risk. And, you know, who knows? He may be out for the year. It may have been – I may, you know, no no pun intended, shoot myself in the foot. But, uh, you know, I, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a call I had to make, and, and I just felt like I couldn't pass it up at that point. So, Bob, I have a question for you. Um, so you're picking up pick nine. You have two back score receivers, as, as we were talking about. So when I when I was drafted, seeing a similar method, too, which I do actually pretty often, a lot of times I struggle with my RB three and where to draft that that player because in best ball formats you you don't have a tight end, and this is a tight end premium format. So there's a lot of teams um, that have been taking their tight ends, and luckily for you, no one's been doubling up yet. Then you have to you know you're looking at the inevitable quarterback run coming up in rounds eight through you know eight, nine, ten, eleven. So then I always am like. Okay, what do I? Where, where am I going to try and grab this third, third running back? What do you have a? Before yeah, I don't know how many people are listening here, but do you have a strategy in mind for your third running back, along with you know your tight end and quarterback coming up? Is what where you're going to go with that RB three? Yeah, I have a pretty good idea. I mean, I have them kind of set up in the queue now of a couple guys that I'd like to get as as my RB three. Um, you know, they they probably won't be guys that'll be, you know, they they could be. It just depends on the format, and so you know I'm. I'm excited about one of the guys and I'm kind of watching the clock here is there's about six picks ahead of me. So I'm hoping to, to get this guy. Um, I think right, I will yeah. because there's, there hasn't been a lot of love for him yet. Um, but, uh, cool. you know, but I've, I've also read some things in camp that he's also really kind of, you know, dominating the, the, the first team reps. That's great. And, you know, of course, when you're drafting, you know, your third art running back is not going to necessarily be someone you're trying to count on all year because your receivers are so strong. I mean, I think that Dalvin Cook and Devonta Freeman picks are really fantastic picks to a couple of those four wideouts, actually. I mean, we'll talk more about your overall team once we have Exactly. Yeah. That's when we'll start saying that. Yeah, no question. <laughs> uh, Bob, uh, can you tell us a little bit before we let you go, um, what, what's, uh, what's cooking over at uh, Big Guy Fantasy Sports? And I also want to give you an opportunity to talk about the 2018 Fantasy Sports Writers Association Best Fantasy Football Publication and where people can pick that up. Definitely. Well, um, we'll go backwards then. We'll do that one last. Um, so right now the big thing, and you guys may have heard of it, so I'm putting together uh, the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio. Uh, it is on Sunday, August 18th. Uh, it's actually the day after the Kings Classic Draft, which is at the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Saturday, August 17th. Uh, so we're doing this expo uh, with some of the guys from the Kings Classic coming over. Bob Harris and the guys from Football Diehards are going to be there at the expo. Uh, it's at the Cultural Center in Canton, Ohio. Uh, if you want to get tickets, it's MidwestFFExpo.com. Uh, use code BigGuy and you can get $5 off admission. Uh, but you know, like I said, Bob Harris, Football Diehards are going to be there. Uh, full-time Fantasy, Scott Atkins and all the guys are going to be there. Myself, Rotoviz, I mean – just all kinds. We're having we have over 30 booths, uh, almost 40, 50 experts, live mock drafts, 
uh, a live podcast stage. It, it's going to be 100% focused on fantasy football. It's not going to be like that sports gun thing we heard about. Um, so we're we're uh, we're doing that on Sunday, August 18th. So uh, hopefully people can come to that. Uh, but yes, thank you for the kudos on the uh, winning the award last year for best fantasy football publication. I was very honored uh, to be nominated two years in a row and then to win. And uh, you know, the 2019 guide, of course, is out and, and doing very well. It's on Amazon. Just go there, search for 2019. Uh, you can just search consistency guide, and it'll be the first thing that pops up. Guarantee it. Uh, but you can get it there on Amazon and then come to the Big Guy Fantasy Sports website and you can uh, get the VIP upgrade there and you got the best of both worlds and you have full access all season long and can help you, uh, you know, add, uh, I would say I'm the fries to everybody, you know, all the Big Macs out there, the fantasy alarms, the, you know, full-time fantasy, the ESPNs. You know, I, I'm just adding a little consistency on the side. So get the book, add some consistency to your draft prep this year and, uh, Hopefully it'll help you, uh, you know, do a little bit better in your league this year. You can follow Bob on Twitter at Bob underscore long and uh, definitely check out the publication out on Amazon. It will help you in fantasy drafts this year. Good luck the rest of the way, not only in pros versus Joe's Bob, but with everything that you have cooking up this summer and in all your leagues. Thanks so much for chiming in, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Yep. Bob Lung from BigGuyFantasySports.com. Pop and memory. Surprised with the A.J. Green six-round pick for him? No, actually, I like that pick. I think that was a good value, uh, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, as we, you know, we talked about earlier, the 507, that's what we went last night. Not that that's early, but I don't feel like that that's really like an insane value, but I think right. 604 is it's getting closer. It's getting pretty good. All right, so let's move on. That was uh, the we, – we just went over the fifth round. Let's catch up here a little bit. I don't think there is anything else I wanted to bring up. Oh, no, no, no. There was one thing, speaking of A.J. Green. Tyler Boyd. Yeah, Tyler Boyd goes here at the 508 to a very talented drafter in Dan Williamson. You are a Tyler Boyd fan. You like him this year. The A.J. Green thing actually hurts him because Boyd had some of his best production last year opposite A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. Are you liking Tyler Boyd a little bit less now? Are you moving him down your rankings as, as far as drafts go, or do you think that um, the spike in volume that he might have might at least put a dent into not having A.J. Green drawing attention away from him? How do you how do you handle Tyler Boyd now? I think uh, you might have talked about this last night. I, don't know, I know the show's kind of going together. Um, but I, I, I think Tyler Boyd will move up in drafts, and I think he actually is – Less likely to be at quite as good without oh, okay. four weeks. So I think um, I think he's kind of going the wrong direction. But you know, I still like him quite a bit. But I, it's so tough to break how he's going to do now without Green. He, you know, he was without him last year for a period of time. But uh, you know, on the outside, just, they don't really have anyone outside. Right, John Ross. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what Maybe they'll move Travion Williams out there. Who I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say something like this, but like John Ross, I don't even consider him as. A, I don't even like. I see him get drafted. I don't even care. Like if I'm doing a draft, I don't even like cross him off or whatever. I'm not. Well, he go. He goes pretty late, Phil. It's, uh, it doesn't. I, yeah, he's like a persona non grata to me. Right. It's like, so it's almost like he's a blind spot to me. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe he's a whatever he would have one catch as a rookie. Maybe this yeah. is his breakout. You know? Who knows? Indeed. Uh, maybe uh, the caller from the three three nine that we're going to go to right now can uh, shed some light on that. You're on the air on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with David Balky. Who is it? Hi, this is uh, Peter Overzet. I was just debating if I should take a running back. Thought I'd maybe get some feedback from you fellows here. 
<laughs> oh, no, baby, keep Peter, going. Peter Overs, that for four. How long can you go? 4for4.com. You've seen him. Uh, well, you've sort of seen him at the FFPC live event. Sometimes you've seen uh, a man who looks like him, or should I say a man who looks like him, uh, out in Las Vegas. But, yeah, Pete, you've, you've, you've gone with no running backs here in the seventh round. Honest to goodness, were you looking at a running back here, or are you just slamming your gas, uh, slamming the gas pedal down here in receivers and tight ends again? No, I, I was reading the terms and conditions. I saw the stuff about the tight end premium, and then it was five wide receiver slots and zero RB slots this year, right, for the roster requirements on the <laughs> FFPC? The, the we get it, we get it, we get it. Um, yeah, so, so it, it, well, this is interesting because we've seen zero RB before. I don't know if I've seen anybody go to the seventh round with, without a running back, but it'd certainly be an interesting proposition for you given how strong your receivers are when you were looking at this by the way you're on the clock right now Pete can you tell us who the pick I, was yeah yeah I just uh, I took Rashad Penny I was trying to like build it up for dramatic effect but uh, I, I needed to pull the trigger there <laughs> I like the snap pick case uh, so, so yeah we, so we Rashad the Penny is your first yes exactly <laughs> um, the uh, Rashad Penny is your is your first running back chosen in the seventh round you knew you were going to be picking at 11 you knew that, that the, the elite running backs typically go earlier in the first round. How much of this, uh, you know, the way that this draft is unfolded here with all these receivers on your squad, how much of that was strategy where you really wanted to pound that position? Yeah, no, that was definitely what I wanted to do. I would say I've gotten most of the guys I wanted. I was hoping for Diggs to fall to me at the end of the third and settled for Cooks. But otherwise, those, like, the first six picks, um, were pretty much what I was thinking I was going to get. Hang on, I think I should probably draft another running back here. Who do you guys prefer, uh, Guy or right. Lamar? You know, I mean, I'll crowdsource this. I, I am not. Okay. I would take Guy. Okay, See, I would. I would. I would go the opposite way, but it's, it, listen, I, it, I don't oh, love either goodness. one of them more more than the other. This is a real angel and devil situation on my shoulder. I'm going to piss off <laughs> one of you here. I, I think I'm going to go I'll Lamar. There you go. All right. That's totally, yeah, totally fine. Okay. So, so now that you have these two running backs, Peter, when you, when you go forward here, now your next pick will be in the ninth round. Do you envision yourself pounding the running backs quite a bit in the mid rounds, or is this something where you're going to take some, you know, handcuffed flyers later than that and, and just hope to get lucky uh, trying to win this 2020 FFPC main event team? Um, I'll answer that, although I do, did realize I thought I was up, but uh, Richard Lowe still had one more pick, so I swear to God. Okay, no, he took Mark Andrews. Um, no, he's good. He's good. We're good. All right, yeah, we got Lamar. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely have to go. You know, I assume no one else is listening. Uh, they're all they're all too kind of feeble-minded to multitask like me, so um, I should be good to reveal my strategy to continue to try to get running back. Um, yeah, I, I think I need a few more, don't you guys? Uh, yeah, probably a few. I wouldn't go hog wild on it, although some other people would, would tell you to. I think you are going to be the only person in this competition with Jarvis Landry as his number five receiver. That is really, really good. Um, we've, we've been talking about receivers. Tell us a little bit about what went into the thought process for you when, when you decided to go at the tight end at the 202, and it wasn't Zach Ertz who had been going – before George Kittle uh, in FFPC best ball drafts by those players, you went with Kittle over Ertz. Why was that the decision there? Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of down on Ertz this week. He just doesn't ex- – or this week, uh, and also this year. Uh, he just doesn't excite me too much <laughs> after the catch. 
Um, I, I still think Kittle, I mean, even though his yards after the catch was absurd last year and people are expecting regression there, I think he could uh, even have more touchdowns this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I still think the, uh, the tight end premium is very valuable. Last year uh, had Kelsey in our main event team, and that was a, a fun ride. So hoping to try to recapture some of that magic uh, with Kittle here again. And then it just frees me up. I don't have to hammer as many tight ends in those middle rounds when I'm going to be needing to grab uh, running backs. It allows me to kind of kick that tight end two and tight end three can down the road a bit more. You can uh, check out all of Pete's work. Uh, one of the most fun, first of all, one of the most fun Twitter follows at Peter Overzet, and then one of the most fun YouTube channels, youtube.com slash Peter Overzet. A lot of fun stuff, a lot of great stuff there. And if you check out Peter's uh, Twitter bio, you'll see that uh, he is the 2019 FFPC Pros versus Joe's champ. Already calling a shot. I love it. Uh, that's the type of uh, mentality we want to see from everybody uh, drafting this competition this year. We will see you in Vegas again uh, at Planet Hollywood, right, Pete? Yep, we will be there with bells on and Coors Lights in our pockets uh, doing some podcasting <laughs> for four for four. And, uh, yeah, I think we're uh, they're hooking us up with a, a ton of T-shirts and a bunch of subs to give away. So definitely find uh, me and Pat Corain. Uh, at the FFPC main event and uh, get a t-shirt and a four for four sub. It'll be a fun time. That's awesome. Uh, so, so, so great to talk to you again. Always enjoy it and look forward to seeing you again at Planet Hollywood. Pete, good luck the rest of the way, dude. Thanks for chiming in. All right. See you guys. Uh, sorry, Dave, that I didn't take guys. I'll make it up to you. There's plenty of Arizona receivers that you can draft later on. Yeah, they get the ball later. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. All right, bye, guys. Peter Rovers at 4for4.com. Check his uh, YouTube channel out. Uh, again, and I'm not just, you know, oftentimes I will blow smoke when I talk about how great the FFPC is. It's, it's solid. Peter Rovers at YouTube and Peter Rovers at Twitter. It's awesome. So check that out. Hey, I want to keep it going right now as long as we have the phone calls rolling in. I'm going to go to the 740 right now. You're on the air with David Balky on the HSFFL, or who is this? Hey, it's Curtis Patrick from the I Want You draft uh, earlier last week. Yes, Kurt. I, mean, it's, it's, I, I totally forgot that you actually were, were going to chime in tonight. Now that your, your draft is completed, um, I want to first get your um, get your take on on how you and Ryan sort of executed your draft strategy and how you think your draft ended up. Um, it didn't go probably how either one of us uh, planned it because we didn't expect Todd Gurley to fall uh, to 208, and from there, I mean, honestly, our entire strategy probably pivoted at that point. I think we had envisioned taking Kittle or Ertz if either one was available there. Um, or I think the dream was Juju making it there, and we just fell short by a couple picks. Uh, so we, we, we ended up with this conundrum of, um, you know, maybe reaching a, a couple picks early on where we felt comfortable with Antonio Brown, um, or we could just start with, like, the all, what would it be, 2016 uh, running back start of David Johnson and, and Todd Gurley. Um, and, and so we're going we're gonna to live or die by that. Yeah, it, it, well, it was interesting. I'm pulling up uh, the draft board right now to, to kind of talk to you about it. But what, how did you – so when, when Gurley was there, obviously you had to adjust on the fly. 
But how did you initially end up, like, who are some of the, the guys that you were targeting or positions that you were targeting early on um, in lieu of, you know, assuming Todd Gurley was going to be off the board? How did you see your draft sort of unfolding, at least in the first few rounds? Well, originally we kind of wanted to go with, I mean, I think people are describing it as like modified uh, zero running back draft where we, we knew we would, we'd have to just take whoever we're most comfortable with at, at 105 at the running back position because we didn't want to not have uh, an elite running back. And then I think we envisioned following that with either a tight end or a slew of wide receivers. Um, but the draft just kept advancing. Um, and, and as FFPC drafts are, are known to be, I think that the, maybe the fear of, of not having the guys, like I, I just was listening to Peter Overzet talk about hammering running back in, in the middle rounds uh, now that he's set up with the wide receivers. I mean, by the time I got to the middle rounds in, in our draft, I mean, geez, by round nine, you're looking at Jalen Samuels already. Um, and I'm just not, right. I'm just yeah. not comfortable in this, in this format with him being, you know, somebody I'm, de- I'm depending on. I'm, of course, I'm just cherry picking for the purposes of the illustration, but we ended up going much heavier on running backs early, but then we waited, I think 16 rounds after Daryl Henderson of the seventh, before we took another running back. Um, and, and I think that we were able to even out our squad uh, at, at wide receiver and tight end um, appropriately. Yeah, no, you got you got Ty Montgomery in the 24th round, and then uh, Miles Gaskin to 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 sort of close it out. Um, but that was after you had that stable of David Johnson, Gurley, Josh Jacobs, Penny, Daryl Henderson. I, I remember Dave and I were talking about that was a nice job by you getting you know after you took uh, Todd Gurley at the 208, then you come back and still get Daryl Henderson at the 705. Uh, that was nicely done there. And then, you know, you, you, you didn't take a tight end until round nine, but I, I, I like the tandem of, of Mark Andrews and Dallas Goddard. And then you got some upside guys in Oliver and Jarwin late. So we'll see what, what happens with the tight end. Um, I noticed the, the receivers, at least two of the receivers you took, Deshaun Jackson, John Brown, did their speed, did their big playability, uh, and the fact that they have a couple of quarterbacks with big arms throwing to them, did that sort of factor into going with those guys trying to get that you know, the, the high upside, the high ceiling from week to week kind of guys uh, at receiver go when, when you had, you know, you had taken three receivers prior to that. Did that factor into to making Jackson and Brown those picks there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're the type of guys that you're just looking for, you know, those three or four splash games from um, to help out, you know, Amari and, and Kenny Galladay who will probably get uh, enough targets to, to fill those top two wide receiver spots for us each week. We actually started – I think it was around the time when Henderson fell to the seventh and, you know, we were overjoyed, but we also started to say, uh Oh, on, on wide receivers. And so we started <laughs> making our list at that point of who are, who are the guys that are, you know, the upside uh, weekly explosions uh, that we want to target in the, in the double digit rounds. And we were lucky enough to get two of those guys a little bit later. Antonio Callaway was a guy that, you know, we had hoped, uh, hoped to get in the 20th round. And, and I think we started talking about him even earlier than that. So we think we have some guys that can score some touchdowns and, and, you know, really some long touchdowns and uh, in, in our tide, especially Jackson and Callaway to some elite quarterbacks uh, that could be in some high scoring games. So uh, all in all, I think that along with Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, we went for the uh, team Konami code <laughs> at a uh, quarterback and uh, right. to get plenty of rushing yards, uh, there too we, we actually what round did Lamar Jackson go in there we we had really toyed with the idea of uh Murray and, and Jackson 
Um, but I think he, yeah, he went uh, before uh, round 12 and we settled for 11.09. Yeah. So he didn't, um, okay, he didn't make so it back. He couldn't pass on Goddard at 11.11 or 11.05 rather. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Given the tight end situation, no question. Uh, Curtis, always good to talk to you. Can you tell the listeners, uh, you know, we, we know that, that you're crushing it over at Rotoviz, but also Dynasty Command Center. Can you tell the, the listeners a little bit about what you and Ryan McDowell have uh, going on right there? Yeah, sure. So this is more of a, a community feel uh, or maybe even more of a, a white glove service, if, if you will, uh, for people who are managing you know, a ton of Dynasty Leagues or maybe you're just starting to get into higher stakes and you just want another set of eyes on your startup or uh, any number of trades that come across or you have a really unique league with, with rules that you don't know how to exploit. Uh, Ryan, myself, and, and a team of, of guys who are uh, trusted Dynasty confidants will actually uh, interact with you uh, on Slack pretty much around the clock uh, every day of the year uh, and ha- help you make those decisions. So it's, it's kind of, I think Ryan had a great tweet uh, a couple of months ago where it was just a picture of a boardroom and essentially that's what it is. I mean, when, when it's time to make a decision, you know, you come to us and, and we help you out with it. And of course we have, you know, we actually have some content that's provided in there too, but it, it's a little less formal than, you know, a website article or something like that. But, yeah, you can find out more about that at DynastyCommandCenter.com. And, uh, yeah, the Slack app is, is easy to use, a number of channels that you can post different questions to and uh, get direct access to Ryan and myself. And also you can listen to the Dynasty Command Center podcast, obviously, and follow Curtis on Twitter at CPatrickNFL. Check all of his work at uh, rotoviz.com as well. Dude, thanks so much for chiming in. Good job on your draft. I think Dave and I gave it a, a pretty good uh, grade on it. Uh, if, I would, if I was to put a grade on it, I would say it was an A++. Uh, no question. <laughs> I don't know what Dave's grade That was my cursory, I love everybody uh, grade that, that I give. But in all seriousness, <laughs> I thought you guys put together a really competitive team. Running back's going to carry the mail on, on this team. We'll see what happens. Good luck uh, to you in all your leagues and, and in all your ventures this summer, Curtis. Thanks so much for uh, chiming in. Hey, and thank you guys for uh, making the event fun. Love, love that you do the shows this way. Have a good night. All right. Thank you so much, Curtis Patrick. With the kind words, Dave, so nice to get those every now and then. Yeah, great. Which we, I guess you know, I make I make it seem like people are always like yelling at us and being upset. Most most of the time, we, we do get a lot of, of positivity, and we, we certainly appreciate that on the show. Um, I want to get to one more caller here, but before we do, let's just a lot of callers. A lot of callers. Tonight. I do want to get through one more round here, just to kind of take everybody through as we're falling a little bit behind. Let's get to the through the sixth round. Six oh one with Tariq Cohen to Richard Lowe, uh, followed by Jarvis Landry to Peter Overzet. Uh, you have Vance McDonald as a starting pen end for John Gifford, and then AJ Green to Bob Long. We talked about. David Montgomery, the rookie for Chicago, is going to Dan Williamson as his number two running back. Sony Michelle, third running back selected by Jeremy Brown there, and then Will Fuller off the board as Krautwurst and Wegman's number two receiver, James White, the third running back drafted by Mike Beers here tonight at the 608. Robbie Anderson to Michael Apton, Justin Smiley, and then David Njoku, the starting tight end for Cleveland, is the starting tight end for the Podfather here as Matt Kelly makes him his pick at the 610. Corey Davis and Tevin Coleman, two luminaries on my dynasty squads, several of them over the last few years. Corey Davis, the Shioto and Renner, and then Tevin Coleman, the final pick of the sixth round. Okay, let's go over to the phone lines right now. I believe we might have a Skype caller. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not smart, but I am hosting this podcast right now, welcoming in our next guest. Who are we speaking with? David and Joku to the Podfather. Oh, yes. 
Oh, oh boy. boy. Here we go. Buckle up, everybody. All right, so let's talk about David and Joku there. You waited on tight end, uh, Matt Kelly, until the uh, 6'10", and you grabbed Njoku. Is that part of your strategy, to wait on tight end and grab a value like Njoku late? Yeah, absolutely. I, wasn't, I was actually going to wait longer, but I panicked because I was ready to hit Robbie Anderson, and I was like, you know, these guys, Smiley and uh, Michael something, they're going to they're gonna take him. They're going to take Robbie Anderson. So it's one of those things where I knew – that I needed to have a backup plan if Robbie Anderson wasn't there. But I had this pick lock, you know, and I just couldn't conceive of a backup plan. Because the other wide receivers, there's just there's a gap to Corey Davis. And I just I don't love Corey Davis. I don't love investing in that passing game, especially for my third wide receiver. Maybe later, maybe an Adam Humphreys. That's the kind of guy I want on the Titans, someone that's inexpensive. But for a cornerstone wide receiver, I just couldn't push the button. I was hovering over Corey Davis, and I was like, ah, David Njoku. <laughs> I like I would have put it on the same thing, no question. So, so were you kicking off a party when you saw Christian McCaffrey fall to you at, at 103 tonight? Well, it was either going to be McCaffrey or Elliott. I didn't care. I don't think Elliott's going to hold out. I think, that, I think he's just looking for an excuse to not practice and not be in the sweltering heat of the summer. So I think he's going to be back. I would have been happy with Elliott. Either way, no big deal. I love McCaffrey, though. I mean, right? I mean, McCaffrey. <laughs> this is PPR, right? Yes, it is. No. <laughs> you. Okay, I thought it was PPR. It, Woo! it is. No, it is. You're good. You're, You're good. Fine. Yes, Thank that's God. an excellent He's the NFL record holder yeah, for receptions. Right. I, I was actually more excited to get Melvin Gordon because I think that Le'Veon Bell was a cautionary tale for organizations, agents, and players. So I'm very confident Gordon and Elliott are going to show up at some point in preseason, whether it's with new deals or just because they realize the Le'Veon Bell way is not the way to go. When you are looking at running to get a deal done. When, when you're looking at – and we're talking about Matt Kelly from, uh, from uh, playerprofiler.com. You can follow him on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion. I want to ask you about the Miles Sanders pick at the 703 when you're looking at a running back uh, right there. How do, you, how do you see his rookie season going in Philly knowing that, you know, they, they traded for Jordan Howard. You still have Corey Clement messing around in that backfield there. God knows how many other running backs they have. But Miles Sanders at, at the 703, was this just an upside pick and, and you feel like he's going to yeah. catch passes and eventually he is going to be the man? As my number four running back, trust me, I plan to go all in on wide receivers. I'm going to just go pedal down on wide receivers. Knowing that, I have a couple wide receivers as my starters, number ones, Lockett and Robinson. I was like, okay. I could make a luxury pick here at running back. I want to get my running backs relatively early, get that out of the way. And Miles Sanders is the best talent in the draft at the running back position, by far and away, I thought. He would have gone higher. He would have been a first-round pick if there was no Saquon Barkley. So he only had one year of production. But when you look at the production in his one year, you look at his athletic profile, this guy had the profile of a first-round pick, and he goes to a team that is – like the perfect situation. You have a prolific offense with a great run-blocking offensive line. There are very few of those in the NFL. You have some nice run-blocking units. You have some prolific offenses. But it's rare that you get both. And to only have to surpass Jordan Howard and Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams, 
I mean, we're going to go through this charade where he has to earn it, but already the beat reporters are saying, oh, well, he, he's in a different gear. Like, he's just he's playing at a different speed than the other players, and it's great to hear that from rookies. Normally they play slow, but I believe right out of the gate, boom, we're going to see Miles Sanders playing fast. It'll be a timeshare, of course. He may even, you know, seed more carries to Jordan Howard for the first couple weeks, but he's going to be the entrenched starter before, you know, Nick Chubb was last year. So imagine a, a, a more sped up version of the Nick Chubb timeline from last season, because I think that Carlos Hyde and Jordan Howard are very similar players. And I actually have to make a pick here. So let's make a pick together. This is great. Which quarterback this should is, I say? Uh, Who, who's the best quarterback on the board? Should... Help me make this pick. Okay. All right. So who? Yeah. So who do you do? Who, who do you have it narrowed down here? Because the quarterbacks have been flying off the board, man. Yeah. Should I pick Philip Rivers here? I like Rivers. I, I like Rivers. He's I think you could also. What about Josh Allen? Josh Allen would be an interesting pick here too. Yeah, Josh Allen would be interesting if I wanted quarterbacks that can't throw accurately, but I want a quarterback that can yeah, throw no, the ball accurately. that works. To, to <laughs> professional wide receivers. I think I'm just going to – well, Kirk Cousins is there. Garoppolo Rivers. is there. Oh, boy. I'll go Rivers. I think Rivers. Is this, the, is this the pick? Do we have a consensus here, Rivers? Yeah, Rivers, Rivers, Rivers is the pick. I, I mean, if you want an accurate quarterback, you can't – Good, good gosh, golly, you can't do any better. I mean, than am I Phillip missing Rivers. another player on the board? I don't see another player. We could go Justin Jackson, someone like that, but Rivers, right? Yeah, River. I mean, Dave suggested Brady too is another well, possibility, for accuracy. right? For accuracy, but yeah, I mean, I I, I love Philip Rivers. I, every single year, I draft him in like you know a dozen leagues. It seems like so. I think you could do a lot worse than Philip Rivers here. I just yeah, I haven't been paying attention. I've just been talking, and to you guys, so I haven't really. <laughs> Board at all, but I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure Rivers is fine. Good job, guys. Thank no, that's you. good. That's a good pick. Well, yes. Well, they, they have we aim to please, and we want to to. Yeah, we we aim to please our listeners because we want you know we we always get a new batch of, of listeners to this program every single year, and I I know we've talked about PlayerProfiler.com, but Matt, it's a, it's a special website. It's your website, and I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about it if you can. I know you get another pick coming up here. Yeah, Player Profiler is the place to go to look up players, to get all the advanced metrics, and and more of an analytics bend to the player analysis. That's what Player Profiler is all about. Workout metrics, speed score, catch radius, things of that nature, but also on-field efficiency metrics, yards created, metrics like juke rate and opportunity share, and you can see how many men in the box and all that fun stuff. Do you think I go tight end here or wide receiver again? Um, you already have Njoku. I think if there's a tight end you like, I would take tight end. Is Jordan Reed? Now is one to start going. He's a tight end. Yeah, no, and, and he, <laughs> he would work here. I think um, Jack Doyle is another interesting pick that, that, would, that would work here for you. Both those guys are on the board. Um, and, and I think FFPC drafters would have had those guys off the board uh, by now, too. Um, there's one other. No, he's already gone. Yeah, I would say it's either it's either going to be Doyle or or it's going to be Jordan Reed here for you. I'm just going to go with a steady Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed's actually been healthy, hasn't he? Isn't this the first off season where yeah, Jordan Reed has been an injury? No, we're knocking on wood for you right now, my friend. <laughs> right, but, but 
Jordan Reed, isn't he still just 30 years old? I mean, he's being drafted like he's Greg Olson, but I still think he has more juice than some of those older tight ends like Delaney Walker. I'm going to go ahead and push the button on Jordan Reed. Well, what's his target competition in Washington? Josh Doxson? Yeah, it's oh, yeah. pushing the button on Jordan Reed. Joy, and by the way, Matt, Josh, Jordan Reed uh, just, tur- just turned 29 on July 3rd, so he doesn't turn 30 for almost another full calendar year. That's a, that's a full year of value right there. I got the number one receiver on Washington. Thank you very much. In which round? What round are we in? Round 11? You know 11, what I love about 11, that? 11, yes. would have picked him if I hadn't picked him. <laughs> Probably true. No question. Uh, listen, we can follow Matt Kelly on Twitter. DM him right now. He's the, oh, Mike Beers. Well, what, a, what a foul mouth. Mike Beers, you're so polite. What do you can't say that to me? <laughs> Not very nice, Mike. The 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 draft chat oh, is, is is certainly spicier than than our draft room chat tonight. I was mad. You can follow Matt on, on. On who are you sniped on? Oh my God! <laughs> I was assuming that Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, Galladay, those players would be there. So these guys ahead of me, uh, Michael and Justin. They sniped me on Robbie Anderson, but they sniped me again on uh, Kenny Galladay prior to that. But, again, these were the best wide receivers available on the ADP board. So I was like, these guys are just going to do the thing. Like, they needed a wide receiver. They're just going to do the thing where they're just taking the value guy and they're not going to overthink it. Sure enough, boom, boom, Galladay gone, Godwin gone, DJ. I couldn't believe who I had to draft in the fourth round. Like, the reason I went running back for the first three picks is I assumed I would have – uh, you know some quality wa- upside wide receivers available to me in round four and round five, and I basically got the bare minimum. I got Tyler Lockett was like my <laughs> fourth choice of the wide receivers typically available in that draft slot, and Allen Robinson was my fourth choice of wide receivers typically available in that draft slot. It just so happens that these are wide receivers in their prime with big play potential and quality quarterback play. Mitchell Trubisky, it's questionable but not awful, right? Not Josh Allen. So I'm not upset, but it could have been better, right? Best case, it's DJ Moore, Chris Godwin. It's not that. Like, I wish I could have had that in other draft rooms. I could have had that, and I don't have that, and that kind of sucks, but okay. That's sort of like, I I would say that's probably a good uh, definition for what my wife thinks of our marriage. I'm not upset, but it could have been better. It it, it doesn't suck, but okay, whatever. I think that's pretty accurate. Playerprofiler.com is where to check out all of Matt Kelly's work. Follow him on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion. Matt, always good to talk to you. We'll talk again real soon, dude. Good luck the rest of the way, man. You're welcome. Hey, check out Mike Gusecki's workout metrics on Player Profile. I'm going to try to draft him and then get sniped at the last minute. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure that's going to happen, no question. Matt Kelly, ladies and gentlemen, always fun to talk to. Uh, and uh, getting sniped by – you know, the other thing, and I should have mentioned this to Matt, I don't know if you realize it, but Michael Apt and Justin Smiley, remember, they are the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship overall winners. They've won 250 grand, so they, they certainly know how to build a team, and uh, they're taking advantage of it tonight. We left off in the uh, end of the sixth round, so let's get into the seventh here. Daryl Henderson leading things off to Todd Burroughs at the 701. It's Sammy Watkins to Shioto and Renner right after that, followed by Sander, Miles Sanders, and then Latavius Murray to Afton Smiley. Eric Ebron, the second 
tight end drafted by Mike Beers, followed by Kiki QT, and then Austin Eckler to Jeremy Brown from Dynasty Football Factory. Dante Pettis, the fourth receiver drafted by Dan Williamson, and then Jordan Howard, the new Eagles running back, as the number three rusher for Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports. Then it's Austin Hooper backing up Vance McDonald for John Gifford, Rashad Penny, and then Curtis Samuel to end round seven. I want to talk about round eight because there's some pretty important quarterbacks that went off the board. In fact, these are the first quarterbacks that have gone off the board since the fifth round. So quarterbacks really, really falling in this draft tonight. Mark Andrews uh, for Richard Lois, his number two tight end, followed by Lamar Miller. You heard that pick live from Peter Overzet right here. Cortland Sutton and then Larry Fitzgerald to John Gifford and Bob Lung, respectively. Then we see Darius Geis, who Peter Overzet was deciding between him and uh, Lamar Miller. He goes Miller. Geis goes to Dan Williamson. Then Deshaun Watson as the QB2. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the number two receiver for the Packers, is going to be the number four receiver for Krautwurst and Wegman. And then a couple of quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, to Mike Beers, Aaron Rodgers to Afton Smiley. D.D. Westbrook goes to the podfather there, and uh, then we see Delaney Walker, and then Kyler Murray, Dave, falling to the final pick of the eighth round. You know, I, it, it's weird because Kyler Murray is a rookie, and he was the fifth quarterback taken, but at the 8-12, I think there's some value there. Yeah, I know. Normally he's like the stuff that we said yesterday, the seven quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I put in the chat that I really like the Murray, and I don't want to say the next pick because you're going to all the time, but the Murray and next pick, pick. Combination. All right. Well, Even though Shane T. Helm disagrees and thinks that this player is QB 15. Do you think that um, Todd took Kyler Murray first just to say that he got Baker Mayfield as his backup quarterback? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so Baker Mayfield goes off the board at the 901. And then Marvin Jones is the fourth receiver drafted by Dave Sciotto and Frank Renner here at the 902. Cam Newton, the starting quarterback for uh, player profilers, Matt Kelly. Royce Freeman is the fourth running back selected by Michael Apt and Justin Smiley. Royce Freeman goes with a 904 tonight. Matt Ryan to Mike Beers. Geronimo Allison to Krautwurst and Wegman. We've got a little bit of a Packers receiver stack there on back-to-back picks. And we're going to get into that in a second here. Um, uh, Kyle Rudolph right after that to Jeremy Brown. And then three straight quarterbacks, Carson Wentz to Dan Williamson, Russell Wilson to Bob Lung, and then Jared Goff to John Gifford. Hey, same initials. They are the starting quarterbacks for each one of those teams there. Then you have Ronald Jones uh, to Peter Overzet with the penultimate pick of the uh, ninth round here. And then Lamar Jackson off the board as the starting quarterback for Richard Lowe. A little bit of a Baltimore stack there, Dave, with Mark Andrews and then Lamar Jackson. Will Lamar Jackson be accurate enough to throw it to Mark Andrews? That remains to be seen. A lot of quarterbacks going off the board here in round 10. Drew Brees to Richard Lowe. Justice Hill to Peter Overzet as he keeps hammering those running backs as he said he would. Jameis Winston to John Gifford. Ben Roethlisberger to Bob Lung. And Dak Prescott to Dan Williamson. So those three teams did not have a quarterback entering round 9. They leave round 10, each of them, with two quarterbacks. The uh, broken-thumbed Sterling Shepard going to Jeremy Brown here as his number four receiver in round 10. Mike Mitchell Trubisky to Adam Krautwurst and Nate Wegman as their starting quarterback. Trey Burton, the third tight end, drafted by Mike Beers here from Rotoviz. And then uh, Peyton Barber to Michael App and Justin Smiley as their number five rusher. Phillip Rivers, you heard that pick from the Podfather. And then Chris Herndon, the backup tight end for Shioto and Renner. Deontay Foreman, the 10-12, Todd Burroughs from the Quant Edge as we wrap up 10 rounds of drafting action. We have not talked about Deontay Foreman a ton this offseason, Dave. A super young guy coming off that Achilles injury. Are you off him or on him at the end of the 10th round? I know he's being talked up. I just, um, I'm still not drafting a guy coming off an Achilles, so I'm, just, I'm passing. 
I'll let other people take him. If he right. does well, I mean, yeah, he's going to do well. I'm, I'm just looking at to see where Deontay Foreman is normally. He normally goes at the 10.09, so that's right around the same spot where he had been going in FFPC drafts. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines here, and we're going to go to the 610. You're on the air on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Dave and Balky. Who is this? It's Todd Burrows. You uh, you caught me right on my uh, Don to Foreman pick. Oh, oh, perfect. perfect. The so up right the now. And uh, he was yeah, on okay. for about eight, nine minutes, so the headache is real. Um. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. I love you guys talking about Simon Smack. Uh, okay, All so right. I just so, heard uh, I mean, he right might now. be he's, a nice guy. Pick. But, uh, well, um, probably go with a third tight end here. I got Hawkinson. Yeah, I'm going to go Hawkinson, what? I think. I was going to say that um, Hawkinson is your third tight end, Dave. I like that. Hawkinson's been looking great in camp. Yeah. He's yeah. the most pro-running tight end out there. I, I, I yeah, he's, he's, he's ready. Now i gotta, now I got to pick. Uh, I'm going to go with my fourth wide receiver here. And uh, I got three guys that I'm – should I tell you the three guys, or is that in poor taste? Sure. Uh, I got I Anthony know, Miller, Dante Moncrief, and Tyrell Williams. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with one of them. Uh, but uh, uh, give me your thoughts before I uh, look at my team first and then uh, tell me what I should do there. Personally, I like Tyrell Williams. He's 27 in this prime. I'm not a big Moncry fan. He's only had five minutes to break out and hasn't done it. So done. that's my – That was the guy. That was that. That was – <laughs> Quick sell job there by Dave Gerzak, ladies and gentlemen. Good job. Uh, okay, that so was Tom, the guy. I got Antonio Brown, and, uh, you know, it, it makes sense. I think, uh, you know, I like Tyrell Williams. I, I, I think he's a very, very talented player. I owned a lot of him each of the last two years. The, the, the development of Mike Williams really ate into him, and the fact that they slowed down that offense. But, you know, Oakland is, a, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the Bengals being a sneaky team. Uh, I think the Raiders are more sneaky. I think people underestimate Gruden's ability because he's kind of a knucklehead with player personnel. They forget that he's pretty good at uh, scheming guys open. And, um, you know, I, I, I really like uh, that offense to, su- uh, to surprise people this year. So, Todd, and we're, we're joined with, uh, by Todd Burroughs here, the uh, host of the Run to Daylight podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Todd from PA. We want to talk about what you did tonight that nobody has done in any of the pros versus Joe's draft thus far with the number one pick, and that's take talk, somebody talk other than about, Barkley. Talk uh, about how the pod went... gives me a headache? No, no, no. Okay, well, No one has ever done that on the show before? All right, I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, and I, I'm kidding, Podfather. I, 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 you know, the headache's real, but I don't mind you too much. Go ahead. What, <laughs> so, so what about David Johnson at the 101? Tell us the thought process there, Todd. Um, I'm really big on the Cardinals this year. And I, I felt like from the corner I was going to have a lot of trouble getting Kirk uh, and Kyler. I can't believe I got Kyler that late. Um, but – um, you know, I've got, uh, you know, I agonized. I, I thought it was pretty simple that I was going to go David Johnson, but, you know, Christian McCaffrey, um, they they clarified the statement today that I had been worrying about him, uh, that, you know, that they were going to take his touches down a little bit. And I just worry with McCaffrey. I mean, they're both great picks, right? We're talking about guys, 
you know, the difference between them hopefully shouldn't be too much. Um, I can't say that I disagree with McCaffrey going ahead of him normally, but I just thought that I wanted a piece of, you know, I would guarantee myself a piece of what I expect to be the cheat code for winning at fantasy football this year and get uh, David Johnson at the one. Yeah, and, and the, the other thing I want to talk to you about a little bit is the Daryl Henderson pick here at the 701. Now, he normally does not last that long in, in FFPC best balls. Even recently, his ADP, as I bring it up here, is normally going at the, uh, oh, no, forget it, 701. So right there is where he's normally going. So you look at Daryl Henderson, and, and how do you gauge that, that Rams backfield this year, Todd? When, when you look at Gurley with the knee issues, you know, a lot of people were panicking earlier. I think that's subsiding a little bit, maybe not a ton. But what's Daryl Henderson's role this year? Because certainly there's, there's a high ceiling there for him. Yeah, and, you know, but I think there's going to be a bit of a floor there, too. In that offense, um, I think they identified the fact that when Todd Gurley got hurt, the offense wasn't the same without the screen game. I read that today. But if you look at my team, you know, I really was shocked that I got Evans and A.B. at the end of the second and beginning of the third round. I was really pretty shocked that Hunter Henry made it to me, um, and and Calvin Ridley was a good pick. So I felt like after the DJ pick, I had gotten a lot of great value. I think the te- Tevin Co- – when does Tevin Coleman normally go in this? Because in a regular FFC uh, over the- yeah, it, it, Todd, it, over the last three days in FFPC best balls, he's normally going at the 605. Um, you got him at the 612, so obviously a half round of value there, no question. Yeah, so I, I felt that he was a value, and I just feel like you need to mix risk into every team, that every team is a balance. And Hen- let's face it, if Gurley can't go, Henderson has league-winning upside, and shout-out to uh, – uh, Dave Hubbard and Nelson Souza and uh, Noah Rudell for talking me a little, you know, explaining to me, uh, you know, I've learned a lot from those guys this off season, and um, I, you know, I, I, I about taking those those game winners. So I, I think that he's one of those guys that maybe he doesn't have as safe of a floor as I'd like, but he definitely has. Uh, that upside, that game, that league-winning upside that you're looking for in a in a winner-take-all best ball. I will say, Todd, that you know your interactions with those guys on Twitter are part of the reason I still go on Twitter. Otherwise, I hear you know political you know trash and stuff I just can't stand. So so much negativity. But you guys have you know good interactions. You know, talk a little smack here and there. But there's good information being put out by all of you guys. So it's, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, and and you know I'm. You know, everyone has their own idea of what their brand is. You know, I do podcasts, but I feel I'm a player first. And and my podcasting and the writing that I've done is part of my process to get better. I, I like getting people that, I, that are smarter than me. And uh, if they're not smarter than me, I want them, you know, but every guest I get, I'm, I'm, I'm not just trying to shove my opinion down their throat. I want to know what makes them tick. And, you know, when you deal with guys like Hubbard and Souza and, and Jeremy and, and some of these other high-stakes guys I've been honored enough to deal with lately, uh, it's, I feel it's made me a better player, and I'm really glad about that. Well, we're glad that, that we had you on tonight for sure, Todd. For anybody who's interested, you can get 
uh, the Run to Daylight podcast. Uh, I believe that's blog talk radio, but you get it wherever where podcasts, basically where you can find podcasts, you'll find the Run to Daylight podcast. And, and I, I want to throw one thing out. I've been doing these Get in the Ring contests, and it's basically yes. similar to Pro versus Joe's, where you know there's high stake players and analysts, but there's also mid level uh, best ball grinders like myself and uh, Seth Inselman, guys who've had a lot of success. And then we also have three or four fans each episode. So if that's something that you're interested in and you would like it shot to do a $77 best ball, I mean, you guys pay for it, but then you come on the podcast and you're part of the team uh, during the draft. And people, everyone seems to have a, a lot of fun. So if guys, uh, high stakes, low stakes, mid stakes, fan, whatever, contact me at Todd from PA, and I'll put you on the list. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's really a kind of a, it's a neat way for someone that, you know, maybe they play here and there, but to get interactions with all these, people that normally play higher-end stuff or that they, they play maybe a two, three hundred leagues, some of, the, some of the people that you have on. Right. It's just a way to, to kind of, you know, for $77, you have a chance to win, and you get in that kind of education that you're after, and you have a good time. Yeah, I know. I think those are really going well. Yeah, absolutely. And and you can, and for a reminder, too, Todd is the lead best ball analyst for the Quant Edge. You can check out his uh, his work there, that Run to Daylight podcast, for sure check that out, especially if you are definitely uh, into best balls. That is uh, a must-listen to you. Todd, thanks so much for, hey, you for guys, joining uh, us tonight. Well, I'm good luck in all. Picks. You want to wait for the next back-to-backs? Yeah, yeah, we can we can hang out here and, and, and figure out what, what you want to do is and I'll tell you what, why don't we do Dave, why don't we do this? Is we'll we'll start our um like team by team uh um analysis with Todd's team here yeah. while we wait for him to oh. pick. And this will be the and first oh, this, this sucks. Right. This will be the first time we've ever done this with the with the player literally on the air with us. Yeah. So this this is how it shakes out now with Todd for his running backs. David Johnson, Tevin Coleman, Daryl Henderson, Deontay Foreman, uh, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Calvin Ridley, Tyrell Williams, tight ends Hunter Henry, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Kyler Murray, and Baker Mayfield are the quarterbacks. Now, I'm not just saying this because Todd's on the air, but uh, no, I'm honest, honest to God, I, you, you, you drafted a lot of players I like. And, you know, I know Dave's not the biggest Foreman guy, but I think he can bounce back. I like Henderson in the seventh. I like you know, going they gave balls to the wall Blue here. 150 carries last year. Lamar, Mil- Lamar yeah, Miller yeah. is holding on to that job by, by his fingernails, in my opinion. Um, and if Foreman <laughs> has anything, I think he could really pay off. I like the uh, quarterback combo. And, and really, to get three tight ends by the end of the 12th round in Henry, Goddard, and Hawkinson, that was really, really good. Uh, we'll, we'll see what you do with, with, with running back the rest of the way. Certainly, there's some high upside, low floor type guys out there, which, I mean, listen, we're halfway through the draft. This is what it's going to be like. And you've done a bunch of these, and it shows. I, I think this is a really solid team. Dave, what are your thoughts as you look at Todd's team here from the one spot? I agree, actually. He picked off, a, you know, interesting. He, he, you know, one would argue, or people would argue, that you're unique with David Johnson's one pick, whatever. Uh, but you got to get your guy. He picked off a lot of value. I think he got value with Hunter Henry, with Ridley, with, with all the receivers that went. I think Ridley at the 5 1 was actually solid. Kevin Coleman, I think, was a solid pick there, too. Darrell Henderson, I, I like that. I, I do think that in the seventh round, it's not bad. Uh, Murray and Baker Mayfield, I thought, were great. Even Foreman, you know, I'm not the biggest Foreman person. However, I do agree with your take on. Lamar Miller. I never, I don't like Lamar Miller all that much. That's why I was advising right. guys earlier. Yep. Um, so if he's healthy, he's going to do something. I thought that, I thought Goddard and Hawkinson along with Henry, that's a great uh, combination. I, I love Tyrell Williams. Did, did you point out the Tevin Coleman pick? That's a pick I like too. 
if oh, that's yeah. the 6-12 well, with yeah, McKinnon's yeah. issues, I, I, I think that makes sense. Todd, what are you – okay, so we're getting into the 14th. The the fourteen twelve and the fifteen oh one. You have three tight ends on your squad. You have four receivers, two quarterbacks. You have four running backs. What are you looking at here to do at the end of the fourteenth, early fifteenth? Well, the Podfather must not be happy with me uh, talking crap about him. He took uh, Derek Carr. Um, I had uh, you know I had a strategy of what I was going to do here, and now I'm going to do it. But Carr was going to break that strategy. And I think it's going to, oh. you know, it ends up, uh, it's going to end up uh, with a, a conversation. I'm a big believer in getting good kickers in this format. And uh, my plan is to take two of the top three guys um, here. And um, and maybe, maybe you know, uh, when I took Kyler and uh, Mayfield, no, it, you are on the clock. it started a bit of a... Uh, Hey, of a quarterback run, <laughs> uh, continue the quarterback run, and I think you know one of the adv- the few advantages that you have when you play on the corner you is the that you can influence runs, and when you get a run going, and I don't think that's going to happen here, but that's okay. I don't think these guys really understand the fo- you know you find in pros versus Joes the kickers go a little later than the FFPC, but. Uh, I'm really happy to lock up two good kickers, and uh, that, you know it's one of ten positions, and I I, I'm, I feel like I can win now every week that position. Greg, Greg, the late if you left the number one receiver for the Cardinals, you could have Kyler Murray. Oh, I, I, I think and you that's... left you, you left that's the great that's... white hope on the board for I, two I did, and oh, guess nice. who's top of my draft board? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he's, he's right on the top of my draft board. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. We'll see I know. where he goes. Greg, maybe I, Greg, maybe I should have gotten off the phone uh, five minutes ago, and uh, I would have, uh, I would have taken the Great White Hope. Type in the chat if you you had an error with your computer. Tell Bryce. Yeah, Bryce will fix it. Greg Zerline <laughs> and Justin Tucker are the two kickers that uh, that Todd takes there at the fourteen, twelve, and fifteen oh one two. Top two kickers off the board going to the same team. I like it, Todd, and we'll see how it plays out. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd from PA. Check out the Run to Daylight podcast. A lot of great live draft stuff on there, no question. Todd, thanks for chiming in with us. Good luck in all of your leagues this uh, this year, man. Thanks. All right, guys, take care. Todd Burrow, ladies and gentlemen, always good to hear from that dude. Um, and uh, let's uh, let's pound out. I'll tell you what. I know we started the team analysis a little bit early. Let's pound out one more round here, as uh, we left off with, uh, I believe it was round ten. Yeah. So let's get through round eleven. Let's go faster round eleven, twelve. Oh, you want to do eleven and twelve? We'll do eleven and twelve. All right. So Dallas Goddard uh, to Todd Burrows at the eleven oh one. Jimmy Garoppolo, the backup quarterback to Shioto and Renner to Mahomes here at the eleven oh two. Followed by Jordan Reed to the Podfather, Kirk Cousins backing up Aaron Rodgers from Apt and Smiley. Damian Harris, the rookie running back for New England, going to Mike Beers, who actually already had Mike, uh, excuse me, he had James White on his team. He gets Damian Harris here in the 11th. I like that pick. Josh Allen backing up Mitchell Trubisky for Krautwurst and Wegman. Then you get Devin Singletary, the starter, question mark, in Buffalo to Jeremy Brown 
from Dynasty Football Factory. Andy Dalton, the third straight quarterback drafted by Dan Williamson, followed by Jack Doyle. Uh, not on the all-name team for the Dizzle here as the starting tight end for Bob Long. Justin Jackson, the uh, Chargers running back to John Gifford. Tom Brady and Jalen Samuels wrapping things up here in the uh, 11th round. Brady to Overzet, Jalen Samuels to Richard Lowe. Deion Lewis kicks things off here at the 12-01 to Lowe. Marcus Mariota backing up Tom Brady for Overzet here in the 12th. Followed by Sam Darnold, the third quarterback off the board for John Gifford. Goff, Winston, and Darnold, except for they called it Goff over there. Kareem Hunt, after uh, Sam Darnold there, it is Kareem Hunt as the fourth running back for Bob Lung. Mike Gesicki to Dan Williamson. Then Matthew Stafford, uh, the second quarterback drafted by Brown. Jeremy Graham, uh, backing up Travis Kelsey for Krautwurst and Wegman. Naheem Hines to Mike Beers, followed by Deshaun Jackson and Paris Campbell to Afton Smiley. And uh, the podfather, Matt Kelly, respectively. Ito Smith to Dave Sciotto and Frank Renner, and then T.J. Hawkinson. You heard that pick here live on the air with uh, Todd Burroughs. Uh, did Todd really – did he make four picks on the air? That is rare, my friend. Yeah. That is – wow. Yeah. Good, yeah. good on everybody in this draft, no question. Nice job. Nice work. Yeah. All right, so let's – He make two or kickers. That's all you well, I mean, whatever. He still made them on the air. <laughs> I mean, they're still picks. I'm going to take <clears throat> Greg Nerline. Hashtag, hashtag kickers matter. Uh, Blitzdomania chiming in in the chat. Tucker is great because he can hit from anywhere, and if they have a worse red zone efficiency than Kansas City, more field goals. So interesting pick uh, with there. Uh, Shane Helm chiming in that he would rather have Zerline and Butker rather than Tucker. Uh, so that is what uh, sparks that conversation. Let's spark some conversation on team analysis here, Davis. We already did Todd's team. Dave Sciotto and Frank Renner here, picking in the two spot. Running back Saquon Barkley, Damian. Is it Saquon or Saquon? What do you call it? Uh, it's either one, Baltic. Well, what do you say? I don't really say his name that often. Say Barkley, okay. So it's Barkley. Uh, Damian Williams, Philip Lindsay, Ito Smith, Carlos Hyde, Giovanni Bernard, Keenan Allen, Corey Davis, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, Kenny Stills at receiver. Uh, tight ends are Delaney Walker and Chris Herndon, Patrick Mahomes, and Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. They have a really like the running backs uh, on this squad. Good depth there. Not a huge fan of the receivers and, um, you know, Delaney Walker and Chris Herndon. I guess that could work at tight end. It's not my favorite combo. Mahomes and Garoppolo at quarterback is, is, is obviously going to be awesome there. So that's sort of my take on, on Shioto and runner's squad. Receivers have to come through uh, for me on this squad if, if they're going to win this league. All right, so I said check the draft room here. So, again, they, they, have, they have two quarterbacks and two receivers. That is uh, two, two quarterbacks and two tight ends. Yes, correct. So right now the number one ADP tight end available is Jason Witten, then Ian Thomas, then Gronk, and Gray. So tight end is, is Drain. And then of course, you like Witten as a number three? I don't hate him, but I'm just saying it's Drain other okay. than maybe Witten. All right, okay. And then at, at quarterback it's Flacco, Haskins, Eli Manning, Fitzpatrick, Rose, and Daniel Jones. They don't, they have two and they have two. That's a problem right now. I mean I know they have Mahomes and that's fine, but you just again you need kind of your third. Uh, running backs are good. I, I, think, I, really, I didn't mind the Lindsay pick in the fourth round, even though they only had one wide receiver. Right, yeah. Uh, I think Corey Davis and Watkins and Marvin Jones and Stills, they're okay. I think they're going to be a little bit weak at receiver, though. That's definitely one thing for right. sure. I thought the Eo Smith, Carlos Hyde, and Bernard picks were, were good. Uh, so I guess my, it just it gets, it gets tough uh, when, you, when you have three of your four, first four picks be running back and then take Mahomes. Because your receiver is just invariably going to be weak. So. I think that that's kind of the problem I have with the team. It could compete, but they're going to need to kind of compete from a, a different standpoint than normal in that their quarterback is going to lead, running backs are going to lead, receivers are going to probably be pretty weak overall. 
Uh, let's go uh, before we get into to the uh, analysis on the Podfathers team. Let's go back uh, to the phone lines. We got the 301 on the air right now. Who are we speaking with? Uh, this is Mike Beers. I'm just about to be on the clock. You're 1.05 in this draft. All right. Mike Beers, former overall champion of the FFPC Pros versus Joes. He is about to be on the clock here in round 16. Take us through your thought process as you look to uh, acquire another player to try to help you get that belt back. <laughs> well, whatever. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I probably need a wide receiver here. I've been kind of sitting out wide receiver since uh, I got a gift of Michael Thomas at um, toward the cap <laughs> second round there. And um, the, there's not really uh, there's not really anyone I really love. Um, so I'm a little conflicted here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm using my little yeah, uh, you know, I got under a minute to figure it out. I'm using my uh, the tool that I built for Rotoviz, this uh, FFPC command center, to tell me who I'm supposed to take. Unfortunately, there aren't very many wide receivers at the top of that list. Uh, but I think what I'm going to go ahead and do is bet against the uh, miraculous uh, Emmanuel Sanders recovery in Denver and uh, with Deshaun Hamilton here. I think he's been a nice value throughout nice. the draft season. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, what you Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, no, I was just saying, I'm feeling pretty good about my team here. I'm worried that I'm going to get like ousted from Rotoviz uh, for uh, you know waiting until the 13th round for my uh, wide receiver three, and I'm who suspended <laughs> at that for. <laughs> Um, with that pick, but um, you know, I'm I'm liking the way things fell. <laughs> Mike, you're bad for the brand. Well, it, sorry, but, man. Well, I mean, but okay. But also, look at it from the standpoint, like like you know, somehow we you know you got Michael Thomas in the second round. I mean, that's insane. You couldn't have predicted that, given where you were picking here, and then T. Y. Hilton right after that. So you get Thomas and Hilton, and then that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you can kind of skip receiver for a while. I like the fact that you get three tight ends before round ten. Not a lot of people will do that with Engram. Ebron and Burton, and, and you can kind of cobble the receiver. Well, I guess you'll have to cobble the receivers together now uh, here with, uh, you know, getting your, your number three in, in round 13. But I think you did some pretty good stuff with, with tight ends and running backs prior to that, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, the, it, it's not at all how I expected this to go. You know, that's uh, what's the Mike Tyson quote, you know, you've got to plan until you get punched in the face or whatever. Um <laughs> I, I thought I was going to get Kelsey at um, at the fifth pick, and he was still there, but so was Zeke. Uh, I wasn't expecting Zeke to be there. So, uh, you know, I went with him. And then uh, in the second round, I figured, okay, uh, I didn't get Kelsey. If Ertz or Kittle happens to make it, I'll just take them. Kittle – or I'm sorry, Kittle went earlier, but Ertz uh, was still there, and I didn't pick him, which uh, it was not something I expected at all because Michael Thomas was still there. Um, so, you know, I, it, it's gone totally off script, but, you know, the way I'm looking at it is I got a gift with Michael Thomas, um, that late and I'm going to take advantage of that. You know, if, uh, if, if I'm going to be handed that, um, I'm going to wait to fill out the wide receivers. You know, there are so many guys available late. 
I don't like to be closer as long as I have in general in these drafts, but um, given that I got that kind of value, I feel a little more comfortable with it. You know, Mike, I find it interesting. When, when if, if I was looking at drafting your, if I was drafting your team with you, in the fifth round, I'm guessing you were like looking at wide receiver, and then and then Kenyon Drake is still out there in the fifth round, and you know there's all this philosophy and all that, and so you took Drake, and then coming back around the sixth round, uh, again you're probably looking at receiver, but James White, who was a top ten running back last year, made it all the way to you. So I, I kind of felt like both those guys were valuable drops you at the running back position. Is that how you felt with those two players? Yeah, you know, and I think um, I, I might have a little bit of a bias, um, or I'm trying. I'm trying to get back to my roots here. You know, two years ago I won this whole thing, and my approach was. You know, most people, you know, hadn't heard of me, and still most people haven't heard of me. But um, I was just taking the value guys. Um, you know, I built a strong roster with value guys. It wasn't reaching. Trying, I wasn't trying to make a splash or anything. And it worked out. And and then last year I had I I'd fallen in love with some guys. I think I got um, excited about a couple of players. My team didn't really work out. So this year I'm back I'm back to that value mindset. And I um you know James White, like you said, uh, you know top ten scorer <laughs> last year. You you bake in tons of regression. I mean not just a little bit of regression. We love to talk about regression, but you you bake in you know. 15 uh, places in the rankings, the regression, and James White is a value where I got him, I think. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, so that, that's uh, it's been my approach so far. I think the one reach I made was uh, Ingram at, um, it was a four point, uh, what am I, eight? Um, that one, you know, just with all the, the, Collapse going on um, in New York, and if he stays healthy, I think he's in line for a lot of targets. But um, otherwise, I've mostly just been kind of taking what's given to me. I, I loved that luck fell to me in the eighth round, um, it, having you know already had uh, Hilton and Ebron. I mean, I think that just boosts my chances uh, for the overall prize. I mean, you know, my focus right now is this decision, but uh, if I can have a stack, uh, I'll take it for sure. We're talking with 2017 FFPC Pros versus Joe's overall champ, Mike Beers. You can follow him on Twitter at BeersWater. Check out his work at rotoviz.com. We are coming up on your pick again. I believe you are on deck, or are you on the clock? One or the other. Are you pounding the receiver? Now I'm on the clock. Are you blowing yeah. the receiver horn again? Okay, there you go. So is it going to be another wide out here, Mike? Uh, I'm, I mean, I got to look at him for sure, but, uh, you know, I think the, the kicker run is on. Um, you know, I was listening and Todd tried to start yeah. it maybe yeah. uh, one round too early, but um, I got I got to get a guy, I got to get a starter here, I think, uh, I because you. I want to end up with yeah. three of them. Uh, so we're probably looking at, uh, you know, I'm probably going to go with Elliot here. And then, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to out for uh, a little bit on the skill positions to see what comes back to me at, at kicker. Um you know, I, I think kicker is more important than defense in terms of, uh, you know, striking earlier uh, just because of injuries. Uh, you want to get a guy you know is locked in a starter. Uh, defense, even if a key player on the defense gets hurt, you still have that defense the rest of the year. Um, so I, I guess the, the time is now with uh, the longer break between this pick and my next one. 
Jake Elliott was the winner for the pick selection here at the 1705 for Mike Beers. And Mike Beers was the winner of the 2017 pick in the Pros versus Joes Challenge. Mike, always good to talk to you. We'll follow your work at uh, rotoviz.com. Obviously, a lot of tools there that you helped uh, create. And then, obviously, at Beers Water on Twitter. Always good to talk to you. Good luck getting this uh, championship back under uh, your belt. The fact that you already won it once is insane. Uh, but good luck to you doing it again this year, Mike. All right, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Mike guys. Beers from uh, Rotoviz. Check out his work at uh, rotoviz.com and at Beers Water on Twitter. Dave, I want to get back into the – into, No, 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 no. I'm going to say I want to get back into it. I can't because we have another caller, and we're going to go to the 952 right now. You know, we don't have to do a team now. Well, I mean, we'll get to what we can get to, but I do want to get to the 952 on the air on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Dave and Balky. Who is this? Hey, this is Dan Williamson. Dan, how's it going tonight? You've done a zillion best balls. How does this one fit in with uh, what you thought was going to happen tonight? Um, so far, it's, I think, going pretty good. Um, you know, the a lot of these guys don't do as many best balls, so I tried to factor that into my strategy a little bit, and so far it's gone pretty well. You are picking from the eighth spot. Who's the pick going to be here in the 17th round? I have a guess. Oh, actually, I do too. Are we looking at a running back here, perhaps, Dan? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I took uh, LaShawn McCoy. I mean, you know, Shady 17th McCoy. round, how can you go wrong? Yeah, no, no question. I, for, for what, I mean, honestly, is he not still the starter there? I mean, are we not yeah. projecting him to be the starter? the starter? So you're getting the, the starting running back. Here in the uh, for a team here in the in the 17th round, uh, that just doesn't happen, and and it happened tonight. Uh, so congratulations on that value there for you. Um, you look at what what you've done in this draft. Uh, O.J. Howard in the fourth round, Dan, was was that enough for you to to sort of just kind of I don't want to say poo poo the tight end position, but ignore it until round 12 and you got Kasicki. Do you are you are you a, a full on O.J. Howard guy this year? I don't know if I'm a full-on O.J. Howard guy, but I do think he's going to have some spike weeks, and with the best ball format, I don't have to try to guess when they are. You know, if I'm in a managed league, I'm probably going Ingram there because I think he's got a little bit uh, more of a safe week-to-week um, floor. But with Howard, I can just take in those spike weeks. And um, I like a lot of the, the later tight ends, so I, it, I didn't really mind waiting around and um, grabbing uh, tight end weight. I was, I was a little bit disappointed when uh, – when the Podfather all of a sudden uh, mentioned Gasecki before he was uh, even drafted, and I had him all queued up and we're like eight picks away, I'm like, "What the hell? Come on, man! Don't be talking about him like that." And you still got him and all as well, so that was good to see. Still, no question. Now, him, I'm, yeah, I'm, let's talk about the Steve. Let's talk about this David Montgomery pick here in the in the sixth round for you because you didn't have the opportunity to take. Um, uh, Tariq Cohen here in the sixth. So I'm just kind of curious if both Cohen and Montgomery were available, which one would you have taken? Would it still been Montgomery? Oh, yeah, definitely still would have been Montgomery. Uh, Cohen, in my opinion, is being overdrafted. He's just getting squeezed from too many directions. Um, he's got Montgomery from the one side. He's got uh, wide receivers from the other side. He's got Cordero Patterson coming at him. I mean, there's just there's a lot of pressure on his role. Uh, you know, he is a good player, but, uh, you know, we saw that uh, Chicago and, you know, as the season got later last year, wasn't afraid to go away from him. So uh, that just makes me real nervous about taking a guy like that. 
in the in the in the seventh round, you follow that pickup with Dante Pettis. Is is he the number one in San Francisco for you this year? What what kind of numbers is he going to put up with now a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo? I know they got you know they still have Marquise Goodwin. They still have you know they bring in Debo Samuel, but I know Pettis has been all the rage for a lot of people lately. Uh, what 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 kind of season is he in for this year? I I mean I've been a Pettis truther since uh, you know draft season last year, <laughs> so uh, this was kind of an easy pick for me. I do think he's gonna hold his number one role over Debo Samuel. Um, and uh, he, he really came on nicely at the end of last year uh, with a full off season with Garoppolo. I think uh, good things can happen there. And I do expect, uh, you know, he's going to take a bite out of Kittle's work and we're going to, we're going to see some decent weeks out of Pettis. So let's talk about what is, what is clearly the best pick of all. Oh, I, knew, I knew this is where you were going. The 15, the 15th round pick. Andy Isabel, the guy who should have been taken by Todd Burroughs, but he bossed him when six other people screwed up. Talk to us about Andy Isabella, and let me say good things, please. Thank you. Well, you know, Isabella, he's, you know, you're, you're getting a really cheap piece that's going to be super involved in the, the Cardinals offense that's going to be throwing the ball all over the yard. They're going to be running at a hyper-fast pace. So, you know, those, those things just kind of add up, and uh, I, I see Isabella – as a guy who's going to be just kind of chunking in some good weeks for me uh, several times throughout the season. And you probably know what you need. I mean, he's going to be he's your WR6. But, you know, you think you don't need him until all of a sudden he comes around and has a 20-point week, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, that's right. Or if somebody were to go down, and then you do need him, and then you're always, you're counting on this Isabella production. And then you have virus. <laughs> There's always that, too. Hey, uh, Dan, I, yep. I do want to uh, ask you about your, your second-round pick here in Joe Mixon. Um, this is a guy that was getting a lot of hype, probably like, well, not that he's not getting hype anymore, he still is. But like, I remember like a month, month and a half ago, I mean, I was seeing him sometimes go in the mid-first round. Now he's fallen a little bit here, and i got to believe that's probably because of the left side of his offensive line. Can you tell the listeners a little bit why you still like Mixon there over guys like Gurley, Chubb, Melvin Gordon, um, not necessarily Damian Williams, but other guys that were – uh, that, could, that you could have taken there at the running back position and why you went with Mixon there. Yeah, well, I was, I was first of all, happy that Mixon even fell to me there because I, you know, I was kind of taking a chance by taking Julio first, and then uh, I was hoping for, for Mixon or Cook uh, to fall to me there. And, uh, you know, when Cook went, then it was an easy choice for me. It was Mixon. And uh, then when, when Boyd came to me in the fifth, uh, you know, right there, that's where I was like, okay, we're going to go with a, a Bengals stack. But, you know, with Mixon, the thing I like about him, even with the offensive line troubles, is that, um, you know, we're going to a, a Rams-style offense here, and uh, Mixon's going to have that true bell cow role for the most part. You know, he's going to get spelled some by Geo, I'm sure, but, um, you know, he's he's going to be one of those backs who's getting a high percentage of his team's touches, both through the air and on the ground, so... You know, those are the kind of players you want to build your team around. And Dan Williamson is the type of player that you want to follow on Twitter as not only is he a ton, uh, he drafts a ton of best balls, but he's the co-host of the Goat District podcast. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at OverHypedSleepR. No, no final E. And Another sleeper. great Twitter. You're obviously awesome on Twitter. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, always trying always to interact with guys. Absolutely, uh, Dan. It, it, it's been a pleasure speaking with you uh, tonight. Good luck the rest of the way. Continue. Just play less draft and play more. <laughs> continue, no, thank you very much. Continue what you're doing at Pros vs. Joe's tonight, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon, man. All right, thank you. The pleasure was all mine. Appreciate you having me on, guys. 
right, thanks, buddy. Dan Williamson, ladies and gentlemen, longtime uh, FFPC player. Always good to talk to him, no question. I think we set a record for phone calls tonight. I think this is what we should do, Dave, with um, – and we'll go. We'll get through as much as I can. Let's concentrate on people we haven't talked to or, or talked about uh, tonight for their yeah, draft. Think, 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 yeah. And and we'll go on with that. Let's go and, and we'll we'll go to the number four team: Michael App and Justin Smiley, the 2017 Football Guys Players Championship, 250 grand winners. They were picking fourth tonight. Their running backs are Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Latavius Murray, Royce Freeman, Peyton Barber, C.J. Anderson. Receivers: Kenny Galladay, Mike Williams, Robbie Anderson, Deshaun Jackson, Dante Moncrief, Marquise Goodwin, Devontae. Parker. Uh, tight ends are Zach Ertz and Tyler Eifert. Uh, quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. Kicker is Graham Gano, don't you know, from Florida State. So let's talk a little bit uh, about this squad. I, you know, the receivers, what they lack in quality, I think they make up for in quantity. I'm a little concerned. I, 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 you're probably going to, I'm taking the words out of your mouth, only two tight ends, only two quarterbacks. We'll see how that uh, ends up. And I like the running backs quite a bit. Yeah, definitely the two is no good. Um, Receivers, it gets concerning when, you know, when your number four receiver is Deshaun Jackson is 12. I would have hoped they would have gotten four before then, but that just didn't kind of happen. And that reason is because they took Freeman, Barber, and Murray, which is fine. You know, the Murray picking in and of itself is fine. I would have rather had them going with receivers in the ninth and tenth round, even if they took Rodgers in the eighth. So overall, solid team. I mean, they could compete. Uh, but, you know, you, you just have problems. With, I mean, Rodgers and Earth are great, but I still think you need three yards. Three of everything. I feel, in like, I feel like, uh, what's that guy, the, the announcer uh, in UFC all the time? Oh, Joe Rogan? Rogan? Yeah, I feel like, when I talk about three quarterbacks, oh, that, that's your leg kick. Yeah, that's uh, leg kicks for Rogan. Getting fatigued. Oh, nice leg kick. Oh, he's getting fatigued. Yeah, that, that's You a, say the same shit every time. Right. I'm saying the same stuff every time. I'm not wearing a black dress shirt, though. And uh, that's what I'm going to do. No, and you need to get some clothes on. In fact, I'm going to take this phone call while you get clothes here. Let's you only have I want to squeeze one more phone call in here with, from the 248. You're on the air with David Balky. Who is this? And Michael Apps calling in. You guys were just talking about our team, so it was perfect timing. Oh, perfect. Yes, right. it is indeed perfect timing. So, okay, so we, we were concerned with, with um, the, the receivers a little bit and, and the depth at quarterback and tight end, but you, you really – I think you did a good job at running back. Is this part of the design now to, to pepper in these receivers and try to get a bunch of them and, and catch lightning in a bottle from week to week in this format? Yeah, it, it actually is, and not not to tip our hand too much, but we, we went into the draft locating a lot of guys at the back end of it that really had value at the wide receiver position that you just can't get at the running back position. If you look at a lot of the guys over the best ball drafts and in previous drafts, a lot of these guys are actually already getting cut or are you know facing getting cut going forward at the running back position, where the wide receiver just seems to be a little bit more stable. Um you know, at the, at the deeper part of the draft. So I, I feel like in best ball, we can fill in two wide receivers throughout the year, going a little bit more running back heavy to start. That was kind of the strategy to go, to go in to start this thing. Uh, let's talk about Latavius Murray here, your seventh round pick. I, I do want to ask you um, what, what you think his role is going to be with the Saints this year. Um, now that, you know, we have Mark Inger moving on to Baltimore and you have uh, Murray down there who, you know, we don't know if Riddick's signing there, but what type of season do you think he's in for knowing that you drafted him as your number three running back tonight? Yeah, as far as Murray goes, it, it kind of felt like a safe floor and high potential ceiling upside because we already have Kamara. We debated going Eric Ebron there to get our second tight end, but we felt that was a little bit more of a luxury pick. We weren't expecting Royce Freeman to be back to us in the ninth round, so we felt we had to get a running back at that time. And, and putting Murray on that team, I, I feel like he's a better version of Mark Ingram. 
He's a little bit more explosive. Um, I think he's had a little bit better vision. And I know people are high on Ingram in, in Baltimore this year with a, a bigger role, and, and that's fine. But I, I think Murray just has a little bit more to offer that New Orleans offense. And I actually like him outright as an, as an RB2 this year. So getting that in the seventh round kind of feels like a steal to me a little bit. Michael, we're, we're getting to be up against it here. One final question before I let you go. How difficult of yep. a call was it in the first round when, when you were facing Kamara and Elliott there? You could have picked either one of them. You went with Kamara. Was that a difficult decision, or was that sort of something that you and Justin decided, like, okay, we're going to go with and, and stake, our, stake our claim with Kamara here? We, we struggled with it. The, the real decision came down to the fact that Elliott's holding out. And, and while I do believe he does get signed before the season starts, that little bit of risk just pushed us towards Kamara to make it a little bit safer for us. How, how much of that two hundred fifty grand do you have left? Did, did you adjust the flow through it all already? Is it all spent? How much is the freaking IRS have? Yeah, the IRS took a good chunk of that to start with, but uh, no, the rest of it's uh, in, invested in a couple uh, investment properties, so I, I still have it. Well, we will be. I feel the market's been good. The real estate's been solid, so hopefully it's doing well for you. Generating some income. Yeah, the, the, the properties that I bought have uh, appreciated quite substantially since then, so let's just say I did pretty well. Well, exactly. Yeah, they he was off air, obviously. Well, we appreciate you coming on tonight, Michael. Uh, congratulations again on that 2017 Football Guys title. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Good luck in all your leagues this season. Good luck uh, trying to cash that 500 G's in the uh, yep. FFPC main. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Michael Lapp, uh, always good to talk to that dude. Um, yeah, okay, let's move on. Uh, Krautwurst and Wegman, Team 6. Uh, Gurley, Aaron Jones, Mark Ingram, Jamal Williams, Alexander Madison, Malcolm Brown, Chris Godwin, Will Fuller, Kiki Kuti, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Geronimo Allison, and John Brown at receiver. Uh, tight ends are Travis Kelsey and Jimmy Graham. Uh, kicker, excuse me, quarterbacks are Mitchell Trubisky, Josh Allen, Joe Flacco. Only two tight ends might be a problem. I think the running backs are all right as long as Gurley is uh, uh, Gurley's knee holds up. Um, receiver depth, you know, I like QT. I think the stack of Valdez, Scantling, and Allison is good, but I don't know, man. Like, just something rubs me wrong about these receivers. <laughs> um, I, I felt like Fuller and we didn't have a chance to talk about it, but I thought like Fuller and QT were actually drafted a little bit earlier than the ADP. Um, so I, I almost felt like the stack was created, the stacks were both created, not artific- I guess artificially, I guess is the way to say it. Like, you kind of had to push ADP a little bit to get them. I, overall, I don't mind it, but I mean, when you consider it, it's almost like three receivers then, Godwin, then Fuller, QT, then, you know, MVS and Allison. I mean, it's possible that Fuller and QT both have good games, but uh, that gets to be a little bit problematic. I don't mind the rest of the team overall, though. Both went about a round and a half earlier than they normally do. Yeah, that's Fuller and QT. Dynasty Football Factories, uh, Jeremy Brown here, Nick Chubb, Chris Carson, Sony Michelle, Austin Eckler, Devin Singletary at running back, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Sterling Shepard, Robert Foster, Devin Funches, Deontay Johnson at receiver, Kyle Rudolph, Noah Fant, and Jason Witten at tight end, Deshaun Watson, and Matthew Stafford at quarterback. I think the tight end depth is all right. I think the running back depth is good. And while I, 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 I think that the, the good thing that they did is they kept counting these receivers later on, Foster and Funches and Deontay Johnson. There's something there late. So I think this is a good balanced team that should be pretty competitive. The only thing I disagree with you with is the part about the receivers late. I don't think that they're going to be that effective. I don't think they're going to be that beneficial. So I... I have a problem with the wide receivers in that they only have three through, uh, through nine rounds. 
Although Shepard, you know, I mean, some of that might be injury. He might be all right. I mean, he actually did probably fall a little bit further. So I think that works out well for him. Overall, the team's solid. Team 10, John Gifford. You heard him on this show on Friday. Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Josh Jacobs, Justin Jackson, Duke Johnson. Wow, a lot of J's there. Uh, for his running backs, receivers, Stephon Diggs, Alshon Jeffrey, Cortland Sutton, James Washington, D.K. Metcalf, and Zay Jones. Tight ends, Vance McDonald, Austin Hooper, Ian Thomas. Uh, quarterbacks, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, and Sam Darnold. Dave, what do you think about this team? This is another team that's got some good balance. I guess the weakness for me would probably be receiver depth. Well, the thing that I like about Gifford's receivers after Jeffrey and Diggs, and, and granted, it's not that great, right, because they only have you know, four others, but it's Cortland Sutton. These are all young upside players. Sutton, second-year player, upside. James Washington, second-year player, upside. He came that rookie, but he might start upside. Jay Jones, third-year player, upside. Well, tons of downside. You only really need two of them to hurt. That's why I like, I like what he did there. I think overall it seems pretty good. And the final team we're going to look at tonight is Richard Lowe at the 12th spot. Marlon Mack, Derrick Henry, Tariq Cohen, Jalen Samuels, Deion Lewis at running back. Receivers are Tyreek Hill, Odell Beckham, Curtis Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Quincy Nguyen, Trey Quinn. Uh, tight ends are Jared Cook, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller. Quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Drew Brees. Um, nah. <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like a broke. Well, no, receiver, they, they could be all right with receiver on this team. I like the pass catchers, Lewis, Samuels, Cohen. Uh, Martin I, like the, Mack. I like the late receivers. Though. Yeah. Quincy and Quinn and Sanders. I mean, why not? Yeah, and, uh, and uh, three tight ends by the end of round 14. Good. I, I, you know what? I do like this squad. Quite a bit. <laughs> Hill and Beckham at the top. I, I, love, I love a lot of their picks away. Like Samuel, Lewis, Sanders, Waller, you know, Nuno and Quinn. I think that actually all works out well for them. So I think we uh, got a shot, but I think... You know, I guess we'll just kind of see. We only have two, two quarterbacks. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and that might be uh, the Achilles heel of this team, but we shall see. I want to thank our guests tonight, Bob Long, Peter Overzet, Curtis Patrick, Matt Kelly, Todd Burroughs, Mike Beers, Dan Williamson, and Michael App. I also want to thank Darren Armani, uh, who we can watch draft tomorrow. The FFPC, Dave Gerzak, our producer, mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer, and best friend, Bryce. And most of all, each and every one of you listeners, either streaming it or popping into the chat room, hanging out tonight. It is the uh, finale tomorrow for the Pros versus Joe's 2019 edition. Throw the damn towel, league number six, tomorrow night at 10, 9 central. We're throwing the towel on podcast. Yeah, we will be. Dave Sherman, Chad Schroeder, Ray Coward, Tyson Yarborough, Chris Carlson, Timothy Skorecki, Richard Clement, Rich Rissinger, Louis Ditta at uh, the FFPC Joe's. For the pros tomorrow, it's Josh Hornsby from Fantasy Insiders. That's Fantasy ADHD on Twitter. Mike Nazareth from FF Mastermind. Uh, football diehards, Bob Harris, the fantasy footballers, Rob Waziak. Uh, Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani, and then Fantasy Data's Eric Moody. Remember to sign up for the main event and uh, get in on those classics, best balls, dynasty, and football guys teams at the FPC uh, over at myffpc.com. Check out that midnight draft. I just said that we are up one mind. Uh, Seven left on that midnight draft. Get in while the getting's good. And the last thing I will say, remember that early draft slot announcement is coming August 15th. Make sure your team is paid off by August 13th, and you'll have a couple of weeks, maybe even three weeks, uh, of preparation knowing where your team will be picking here in uh, either Planet Hollywood, Las Vegas, or from the comfort of your own home. want to thank uh, everybody. This, I think we set a record tonight with most calls, and we really appreciate that interaction. Keep the calls coming tomorrow for the Throw the Damn Towel League. Remember, we're on an hour later tomorrow. It's going to be 10, 9 central for two hours. Thanks so much, everybody. Your Tuesday officially This has been another now. episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on a famous floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. What is this Baker Mayfield for life thing? Is that, is that a recurring joke that I missed tonight? No, that you posted? Not in fact, I almost made me a Oh. We should have a. I got five on it with you and Shane P. Helm for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Could, yeah, be, sure could be very interesting. I didn't, uh, I didn't All right. 10 9 Central tomorrow. It's the place to be. Thanks again, everybody. Talk to you then.